in 2012, writer Jason Aaron embarked on a quest to reshape the God of Thunder for the modern age. Together with superstar artists like Isad Ribic, Russell Dodderman, and more, Aaron would take readers on a journey into mystery, and the mightiest Avenger would never be the same. The Geeksplained Book Club proudly presents The Days of Thunder. Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club in part nine of the Days of Thunder, War of the Realms edition, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Warriors 3, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Jason Aaron's Thor. This week... It's War of the Realms, baby! We are here, we are your command center, we are your war table. As we are checking out the war to end all wars across ten different realms. I am your host, Eric Zana, coming to you from sunny Los Angeles and the home of your West Coast Avengers. And I'm joined by the only two men who I would trust to send into several different realms to uh, cover the war at every single front first off coming to you live from jotunheim the land of the giants he is malcolm russell nelson you know people keep saying it's cold here but i think it's lovely and all the way from the great white north canada a eh? it's jacob brown <sighs> can i get more marshmallows on my hot chocolate oh hi everyone that's oh, fucking freezing to hear. We have sent our hosts far and wide to cover every single angle of this war, and this is going to be your go-to place, your one-stop shop for War of the Realms. Anything that happens in this event, it's going to be covered here. So, Jacob, I want to ask you first. Um, we've gone through the past nine weeks putting together all of these pieces into this product of the war of the realms how did you feel the progression went from the beginning of the series up till now i mean this was like a, a well like um well established um event that eventually comes in into this thor series you know it's um the seeds are planted very early on and it gets you just more excited um once they keep bringing it back up um while our hero is busy being like taking care of things in the forefront, this, uh, this, this, this war is just beginning and, and developing. It's been fantastic. Just like now to get here, it's just been like, uh, uh, just, uh, just a, an infinity war for Thor pretty much just like a, an all, yeah. all realm kind yeah. of event for this. This that's what, that's what, what really most of this is, especially Malekith, you know, like I didn't, Going into a little bit of his, his, his history and his story and stuff like that, you get a little bit of that in this, and it's really kind of, it's very fascinating. 
That's yeah, the thing. It, you got to think like this is you know Jason Aaron's run is seven years long. He spent six years developing the War of the Realms, <laughs> <laughs> leading up to the War of the Realms. That's <laughs> crazy. This, I wonder. The Infinity War comparisons are really good point. Like, yeah, yeah you're not literally wrong. Literally the end of the Infinity Saga. And I think this came out around the same time as Infinity War too. Uh, this was 2018. This was 2019. This was Endgame. Oh, you're oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God damn. Uh-huh. The one. Also, like it, it, listeners, if you get a chance, like if you get uh, like um, the Omnibuy or anything like that, or see the the map in this of of Midgard of Earth mm-hmm. being uh, sectioned out by the yes. different uh, the races and creatures here is also very cool. Like it gives you, it's a very Game of Thrones like map for you to understand like where everybody is and what's going on. It's very, it's very cool. Yeah. It's cool as heck. For yeah. sure. Malcolm, since this was a reread for you, now that you've had it, you know, all kind of back to back to back as the weeks come up, how did you feel this kind of fit together? And did this feel as momentous as it did when we were reading it week to week? Yeah, it, it somehow did actually. It still felt pretty big, pretty large, which is nice. Um, I I I think this event is really well crafted. Uh, I was surprised at how well the tie-ins held up, actually, though. Yes. Uh, mainly, I I knew the main event would, uh, but the tie-ins and how they dip in perfectly and how cohesive they are. And we'll we'll talk about the tie-ins a little bit later. But you know how there's direct lines of dialogue from the main book that are carried into the tie-ins to make it feel very cohesive like there's there, there is really good editing here i don't remember who uh who edited oh it was will moss will moss uh nice. did an amazing job editing this and sarah brunstead did an amazing job editing this book because there's such cohesion across the whole event it's really impressive yeah it's it's crazy how well this event went because this had all the makings of being like super overstuffed not being something that you know is gonna hold its weight i guess yeah. is the word um but yeah this, this could have this could have been like a 90s uh main event oh it easily it, it easily could have i mean we've seen events since then that like the event yeah. is really good and then the tie-ins are just garbage or vice versa vice death versa. metal yeah and <laughs> you see like how strong like the fronts are and i think it makes this feel big time it makes this feel like this is something that we've been building up to and i guess like like you guys have said like the the infinity war comparisons are pretty apt because it felt like everybody took this seriously like yeah. maybe the subject matter may not have always been super serious in the tie-ins but everyone said we're going to take a moment to t- to tell a story about the war of the realms which i yeah. really really dig and speaking of those tie-ins uh if you've been following the social medias you would know that we have selected we have each selected a specific tie-in to bring to this war and we're going to be talking about those in a little bit but as we kind of get into this there's a lot to talk about and i'm just going to let you know reader and listener we are going to be jumping across several different titles as we go through here and we're going to try and keep this as cohesive as possible um if i have done my due diligence i will have uh posted up the reading order on twitter uh at geek pod on twitter follow us um 
And so you should be able to follow along with that. If again, if I did my due diligence and I'm a good boy, we'll see. But I am really excited. I can't wait to get into this, guys. Uh, let's yeah. let's start this whole War of the Realms coverage. Da-na-na, da-na-na. And that uh, starts you with <laughs> War of the Realms number one. Long Island Jade lives on in Sports Center. Can you imagine? Okay, a Sports Center covered by no. Listen, covered by covered by Jane and Kate Bishop. Just sitting at a, sitting Hell. at a desk, like, all right, are you fucking ready to deal with all this? And Kate just being like, who the fuck knows? Okay, let's do it. Like, I think it would be incredible. And they'd bring on analyst Volstag every so often. Yeah. <laughs> As and the- then you have Hercules and he's the sweary one on the corner. Yes. Right? Hercules is the sweary one for sure. Yeah. Who doesn't really understand like the actual sports, but like gets yeah. really jazzed about competitive anything. Yeah. yeah. Are we just gonna have Thanks like so. the bench the bench line for like when while we're going through this? Well, like uh like coming oh, yes. back to like Jane and Bish and Kate just for like after every like issue of <laughs> moment in the war, pretty A much. Great oh believe things are not man and uh and Yo and Hart, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me take a look at that. <laughs> Uh, I'd like, like to get an instant replay on that just for a moment. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. So, War of the Realms, Chapter One, The Last Realm Standing. Also, I want to say I love to death the Todd Knock covers. Yeah. They're so the cool. Todd Knock right? covers. Is this Todd Knock or is this Ed McGuinness? No, that's Art Adams, baby. Oh, is it Art Adams? Oh, yeah, baby. God, he looks so similar to Todd Knox sometimes for me. Yeah, that's Art Adams, baby. Yeah, oh, hell can... yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, guess, thank you for the yeah. correction. I, I yeah, love you can that. tell because everybody's got sweet butts. Everyone does have sweet butts. You are correct. He draws sweet butts. He does. He does. Art Adams so, is good at the butt. What? 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 In so. We start off uh, the big old, th- this feels big time. When, and I keep saying that, but it, it feels like that when you put, when you open up your copy of War of the Realms and it starts with, in the beginning, there was only darkness, the great unending nothingness of the yawning void. And then it just gives you the giant 10 realm tree the whole map showing everybody, and it's Spider-Man included. Spider-Man <laughs> included for some reason. Which is my favorite thing that he's the representative <laughs> from Midgard. Yeah. yeah, every every realm is represented. We've got Odin. We've got uh, the Queen of the Angels. We've got the Queen of Alfheim. We've got that's not that's certain that's certainly just Screwbeard, right? That's not yeah, the king of anything. Screwbeard. No, that's, yeah, that's no. our boy Screwbeard. Yeah. yeah. At the Queen of yeah. Cinders, we've got Hell or Hella. Uh, we've got Malekith. We've got Laufey, and then we've got God. Damn it! I 
I never remember. I can't remember his name. Blood Rot. Blood Rot. Blood Rot. Yeah. Blood Rot. Yeah. Yes. We remember. We remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it basically sets the stage for, okay, shit's about to go down. And you knew shit was about to go down when we come to old Asgard. We see pretty much there's only two residents of Asgard at this point. It's Odin and uh, Heimdall. Heimdall is blind and he is just chilling on what remains of the Rainbow Bridge and Odin is just sitting in his throne room. And there is this great moment of just him sitting in the throne room by himself. There's no lighting, so there's shadows everywhere. And then all of a sudden, out of the shadows, you start to see blades and you start to see figures. And here snaps. As the jets come into the room. <laughs> And Odin tries to <laughs> Odin tries to fight off his dark elf assassins, but they just swarm him. And I thought for sure I was like, "Oh, is that that's the first shot? We're just killing Odin." It's pretty tight, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, "Oh shit, this is real." What a shit is going down. Uh, meanwhile, in everyone's favorite Newark Harbor, uh, Thor is standing on his boat with Thori when all of a sudden he gets a visitor and it's Loki. Last time we saw Loki, he was sitting in his little uh his little mouse hole, his little cubby hole in the castle of Laufey. And the dark elf assassins were about to jump him as well. And so we see him crashing through knives in his gut and he's Pulling basically like banner in Infinity War. Exactly mm. right. God, I didn't realize yeah. the yeah. parallels here. That is strange. Yeah, it's kind of um, eerie, right? <laughs> and so the Dark Elf, and I love, again, the progression of the panels here. After he drops, there's a wide shot of, like, Thor tending to Loki. Next panel's cutting into Loki's face. is like, oh, shit, they're coming. Wait, no. And then it cuts back to the very same panel, but now the background is just filled with dark elf assassins it's so cool yeah we 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 didn't mention at the top this is drawn by russell dodderman yes and my god it's good to have russell dodderman back Jeez. it's so good to have russell dodderman nobody back, is man. like russell dodderman like it's so i know good. you guys like del mundo but nobody draws these characters like russell dodderman does like, i shit. i think oh, del yeah. mundo was right for the story like i don't think that dodderman fit the story they were trying to tell last week that's fair but he absolutely does here. Like it is the it is the literal return of the king in this in this uh, in this event because Dodderman draws a hell of an Odinson and a hell of a Tom Hiddleston. And he draws a great Tom Hiddleston. Draws a great Tom Hiddleston. And as yeah. the uh, hammers start to fly in and just start demolishing these guys, we see that Thor is n not as focused like he's he's very blasé about this he's just like take me to malekith like let's let's go deal with this right now and he picks up loki and the two of them whisk away but very specifically it's not in loki's green magic that they are whisked away by and thori catches this that's the best bit yep is that thori is like wait a second what's going on he doesn't smell like loki <laughs> which brings us to Jotunheim, Citadel of Utgard. And we see that, Alo that Loki's handling this whole stabbing thing pretty well. 
And that's because it's not him. It's the icon, queen mother, the absolute mother? unit that is Malekith the Accursed. Yay. I missed seeing Malekith with his big drag energy. I really, oh, yeah. really did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what a fucking entrance. His hair whipping all around. The hairography is incredible. Yeah, he does. I really appreciate uh, it. Yeah. He does like a Sailor Scout transformation. Straight up, he does, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought his Sailor Scouts with him in the form of a bunch of frost giants. I love this that he was... just walks like Thor down a dark alley and just has <laughs> yeah. his voice fuck him up. <laughs> it's it's very uh it's very underhanded of him, which is his MO. Yeah. And yes. so he's basically there, like, hey, brought you into a trap. I'm gonna go actually fight this war, have fun with my buddies. With and strands Thor in the realm of Jotunheim, surrounded by frost giants. It's so good. This opening yeah. is just clearing the table, like literally just clearing the table. Yep. Which Malika saying, okay, who are my biggest threats? I'm taking them all off the board right now. <laughs> Which now. I feel like you almost have to do with every Marvel event. You always have to be like, okay, we have to get Thor off the board first. Uh-huh. Like there's, this doesn't happen if Thor is there right mm-hmm. away. Which yeah. might feel formulaic, but every single time that they do it, it's something different. And I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate like, it as different. Like most recently for a King in Black, um, Thor was trapped in his own book at the time which took him off the board it was during the prey storyline which fucking rules jacob as i've said before you should read prey because donald blake comes back and he's just the same old lovable donald blake surgeon that you've always known him to be yeah he's exactly the same exact character that you've always known him to be there's nothing different Uh, okay Uh, it was fine until malcolm had whatever that was we cut to midgard (laughs) specifically the bronx where we find just I love Dodderman drawing Spidey. It's so good. Like, this is so one of my good. favorites. Oh, Dodderman Spider-Man is fucking perfect. Like the it? bright blue. I mm. love, I I specifically love the shades of red and blue that he uses mm-hmm. for this. And that's Matthew Wilson, I believe. Yeah. But Matthew like, yeah. I love the oh, light. So good. I love the, the, what do you call it? The lining of, of like. Oh, the inking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the muscles right. and everything like that. That That's really well done. Yeah, I love that it looks like it's actually fabric on him. Yeah, fabric on the like thighs and and he's cut, but he's not jacked. Yeah, he's no, not jacked. True. He looks pretty sinewy, you know, which is yeah. good. He looks very uh, Andrew Garfield. The eyes are specifically Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Spider-Man two eyes, yes. like that's specifically Amazing Spider-Man two eyes, which Indeed. is interesting. And so Spidey happens to land on a rooftop in the Bronx where we find our lady Freya fighting against dark elf assassins as well. And we find that this is the, the Asgardian refugee building because out busts Sif. Uh, I believe that's, it's not Brunhild. It's uh, Hildegard, um, Hildegard and yeah. Jane just holding a sword, which I, <laughs> I love just civilian Jane with a sword oh yeah it's the best right like it's so funny seeing jane just in the fray of all this like we're just ready to kick ass it's really cool if we can real quick just dip into malcolm's horny corner all right welcome back to another session of under the belt this is malcolm russell nelson's (laughs) podcast within a podcast where he simps for anyone and everyone 
Can I tell you that a dream scenario is Freya, Sif, Brunhilde, Hildegard. Hildegard. Thank you. I, thank you. I was thinking I was saying Hildegard. <laughs> I was saying Brunhilde the same time. Hildegard and Jane coming out with swords and just stabbing stuff around me. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> and that was Under the Belt. Tune in for more, I'm sure. The podcast <laughs> oh, is still young. Oh, there's uh, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna be honest on the next page. There's definitely more. Oh, you're talking about Daddy Wolverine, the hottest Wolverine. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Godwin draws the hottest Wolverine. Holy <laughs> shit. It's that, it's the hat, isn't it? It's the color. I, oh my God. I would it's the argue in everything. His Wolverine is so hot. <laughs> I would argue for hottest Wolverine. Um, who did the art in Uncanny X Force? Oh, um, uh, was that Opinion? Opinion, yes. Or or Noto? They were um, like, but, well, Noto draws everyone hot. Noto draws everyone hot. That's Literally draws everyone hot. But <laughs> Opinion specifically, him and Dodderman are probably my top two. With they, a, are, they are the two. Yeah. With a Bacalo right underneath that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we see that as they are able to dispatch the uh the dark elf assassins it's not just happening here all over new york things are starting to kick off we see the sanctum sanctorum just lights up because dr strange is like oh shit 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 and starts conjuring different spells different protection spells uh daredevil who is prowling around suddenly gets a shutter Wolverine, who is recently revived Wolverine, uh, feels the ground shake. And as the Punisher is about to gun down another hapless uh, mob villain, the War of Wars comes to Midgard. And this splash page is just beautiful. This splash page is pure chaos. (laughs) Angels from heaven, fire goblins, trolls, Frost giants, dark elves. I was going to say, like, one dark elf. <laughs> Just one guy. He's like, hey, look at me. I'm walking in. City. Fucking city of dreams. What's the boy to do here? <laughs> he's, he's walking around. He's like, wow. Lights will inspire you. <laughs> Let's hear it. For New York. New York. <laughs> As just fire and death. Is the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not yet. Not yet, my friend. She's coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, right. we, yeah. See, we see this absolute, like, I feel like every single time that the Punisher rolls up or just appears in this book, you just hear a like a like yeah. a sick guitar riff because he shoots the guy and he's just like <laughs> running for someone who's about to die and he just jumps yeah! out the window and starts like blasting this frost giant. is fucking awesome in this book but jesus and Christ, only in this book not draw the punisher <laughs> no no it's his punisher is so ugly <laughs> it's, oh man well his punisher's <laughs> arms are bigger than his head Except for in some panels where he has like the longest, fattest head I've ever seen. He does. He does. <laughs> this 
This Punisher reminds me of Negan from like The Walking that Dead. Is that's exactly what he looks. What he that's looks exactly like. the characterization. Honestly, what he looks like. One hundred percent. And he's got I, like the slicked back, like James Gandolfini hair. Yeah. Where it's like he it's does look exactly like me. Yeah, he's like super Italian Negan. Where he's starting to like lose it. You're like, my guy, it might be time. Like, <laughs> it might be time to get rid of that stuff. But he's keeping it anyway. So the the war continues. Everyone is being called to uh, New York. Iron Man, Captain Marvel, the other Avengers bust in. Um, I got to say, man, Russell Dodderman drawing Captain America feeds my soul. It just does. It really, really does. Really good. Yeah. Everybody's showing up. The big guns are coming in. There's this great moment where the Avengers, the current Avengers roster, Jason Aaron's Avengers roster rolls in. And Daredevil's like, those are the Avengers? Uh, No offense. And Blade is just like, believe me, I'm just as surprised as you are. And he starts like slashing. This is literally right after Blade joins the team. (laughs) Literally his first mission is the War of the Realm. That's amazing. (laughs) It's like, Uh, hey, you know. Blade has a very big part in that book. Like surprisingly, like Blade Surpri- is really their whole weird. second arc is like all vampire shit. Yeah, like what the fuck? That's that's really weird to me. Book I, is wild. I don't know about that. <laughs> and you know that's exactly how his MCU shit is gonna go. That's exactly yeah. how his MCU shit is gonna go. He's gonna have one movie where he fights Dracula, played by Anthony Starr, and then he's gonna join the Avengers, Shut and it's gonna be up. fucking Kang crazy. Dynasty, and that's gonna be it. That would be <laughs> as as Dracula is a good pick. it's the rumor it's the rumor going on right now that's kind of hot I mean he'd be a hot Dracula he's also a psychopath in real life from what I hear so it fits so yeah, maybe we that? get like the howling commandos in the beginning of this maybe the beginnings of that hopefully Ooh, like the animal howling Clement. yeah, yeah. Oh, God. so the Avengers are rolling through these scrubs until the new lords of Midgard arrive, including Look the queen of he- fucking pussy posse right here, dude. Just straight up, <laughs> just strolling in. I just heard like, and the world is your runway, and it's just like all of like the RuPaul music. Everyone, everyone's just like, does anyone hear house music? And then they <laughs> fucking roll through. The spotlight goes on. Daredevil's like Eskimo sticks turn into like glow sticks, and he's it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Everyone just starts Fortnite dancing in the street. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Oh, you one hundred percent believe him riding on the fucking uh, the giant tiger with wings. Malkith's fucking voguing as he comes on. Oh my god! He's as like, yes. everyone just comes in around him, like we see yes. the Queen of Heaven, we see Curse, we see Ulick, we see the Queen of Cinders, Jacob. Yeah. And ah, see- yeah. <laughs> we see Dario Agar. I mean, is that Kevin Feige? I love that he's wearing the Kevin Feige hat. That's so funny to me. <laughs> but he's literally he's the the ball cap and the suit. It's, it's Kevin Feige like any premiere. It's so like, funny. It's Kevin Feige. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Which would explain so much. Like, is Kevin that. Feige a Minotaur? He might be. Have we ever just, have we ever done the tests to figure out if he isn't? Do you think that's what he did to get like to to press Disney to buy Fox and all? Oh, one hundred percent. Aria, yeah. uh, Aria Rod is not around anymore. 
he minotaured that man. And this has been the Enchantress since then, anytime he makes a public appearance. I believe that. (laughs) And speaking of the Enchantress, Malcolm. Again, the hairography. My God. Hair. Just, it's incredible. Even, so, okay, so even, like, when they all come in and Malekith just gets walloped by Cap's shield, shield, still doing hair whips. Yep. Like, look at him. Uh-huh. I love that. Dramatic bitch. I love that Cap is the first one to make the move to the, to hit one of these guys. That was, with, like, my favorite thing. With one of the best lines ever, saying, you want these hands, Malekith? Believe <laughs> me, you're going to get them. <laughs> throw hands. So it's like, my okay, you're going to catch God. these hands right now. It's on site. My period. guy is about to yeah. drop them on site. It's so <laughs> it's It's just, it's like... Surrender your realm peacefully, ye mortals, and has been gods, or we will pry it from your grubby little womp and just, uh <laughs> It's so good. It's so it's satisfying. Then you get an Avengers Assemble from Cap, you get a Formidguard from Freya, and you get New York is for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> from Which Spider-Man. shows you how uncultured Spider-Man is because everyone knows Ohio is for lovers. Whoa. Whoa. Oof. Whoa. Oof. Woof. You can argue with mid-2000s music until your head explodes. It's not going to change the fact. So the battle begins. Laufey is there to specifically kill Freya, it seems, until (laughs) his hand gets chopped off. Because it's ya boy, Tom Hiddleston, for real this time, who has survived. I wish that this was the costume that they put him in. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. Specifically yeah. seeing this one, like I, I love how this looks. I think it looks so good. Loki season two. Yeah, Loki season two. So. Yeah, still happen. I'd love it. He just he needs more green, just in his wardrobe. He needs more green. Agreed. <laughs> um. So it was. Oh man, it's so good. And Loki's basically there to just apologize to Freya. I love that. Yeah. He shows up and he's just like, look, I was doing the best that I could at the time. I I really tried. I tried to stop this whole thing. It didn't work. I failed and I'm sorry. And Freya's just like, I don't fucking believe you. He's like, okay. And then he gets scooped up by Laufey. And one of the best page reveals, page turns, Laufey looks at him and he says, you are indeed my one great shame, Loki. But I am Frost Giant. The icy blood of Ymir himself runs through my humongous veins. And where I come from, the blizzards don't allow for shame or weakness. They scour it out. They consume it. And he fucking eats Loki. That's fucked up. It was so awful. <laughs> I, love, I love Robbie, sweet Robbie Reyes, who fucking rocks. It's just like, oh, wow, I know I'm new here, but that was super gross. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's immediately just like the, oh, this is the shit that happens in crossovers. Oh, I don't want <laughs> like, none oh, this of this. This is my first event, and oh, this no. sucks. It is, oh man, it's so good. And then the battle continues. Basically, as Malcolm said, this whole first issue is just clearing off the entire Odinson family. Yeah. And then we get a quick cut back to Jotunheim where Thor is just battling 1v all against all these frost giants. And he's winning. 
so he's sick. So bro. sick. He's like All shouting the... up to the heavens, fucking send me more giants. Like, oh, it's so cool. This is his War of the Realms. Straight up it is. So we now cut over to Thor number 12. This is uh, the next step in our gigantic journey. We travel. Uh, let's see here. Listeners, I always like to tell people that if you're going to read an event, uh, everyone with events always has a question of how do I do the tie-ins? What tie-ins do I read? And we're going to tell you some of the great tie-ins to read from this event, but I always have a really solid rule of if it is written by the writer of the main like event, you should read that tie-in because it's probably going to have some kind of importance. And I think War of the Realms does that in the best way possible. I think like this is the event that makes the tie-ins written by the writer so perfect and so important. Like if you don't read these three Thor issues to go alongside, uh, specifically two of them, it, it really fleshes out so much in the perfect way. It, it's great. Totally agree. Uh, so Thor number 12, the war of the Lokis. Uh, we cut over to Loki. Names in the title. He wakes up among just a cavalcade of bodies and finds himself face to face with Viking Loki, my favorite design. And we see that uh, these two do not like each other, which makes sense. You know, uh, Loki's wearing a jacket. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's fashionable. He wasn't wearing a jacket when he got eaten. Why is that? Interesting. Interesting. Interesting That's interesting. That's interesting. So the two of them talk and they realize that, no, this is something else. This is, this is not the current War of the Realms that's happening. And just then, a little wagon zooms by. <laughs> and little Tommy with his little red wagon comes running by them. <laughs> But no, wait, that isn't little little Tommy with his little red wagon. This is little Malekith. Baby Malekith. Baby Malekith burning bodies. I'm not sure. I don't remember what exactly the reason is that they burn their corpses. But that's basically Kid Malekith's job. And then we get the ultimate payoff to that Erica the Red story, and we find out that this whole fucking thing started because of Erica the Red. Mm -hmm. Because of this, this scheme that Loki had to try and get Thor to leave Midgard and never come back. Yep. Because if you remember, when we talked about that last week, Loki talked about, okay, had him fall in love with Erica the Red, and then I started a little war between the Dark Elves and the Dwarves. No big deal. No big deal. Shit happens. This is that war. This is that war. And this is where the fires of war began to burn inside of Malekith. And then Loki suddenly remembers. Oh, shit, that's right. I'm dead. He has been chomped on by his dad he is being currently digested and he is forced to watch as all of these events are transpiring 
So it's basically a Christmas Carol with Loki as they head over to another location where we see that Loki has apparently caught in the ire of his father, Laufey, for putting flowers on his doorstep, mm -hmm. which is the ultimate Father's Day. For Father's Day. And it's oh, the ultimate oh. insult. Just let it not be said that Loki does not know his father. Loki does not know his father. And <laughs> Loki is confronted by arguably the best version of Loki. It's Kid Loki! Mm -hmm. Aww. Kid Loki shows up and he's just like, hey, look, I am the second ghost you are here to meet. <laughs> and they go into his little hidey hole. We see the game of why in their little uh, collection, which I think is yeah. hilarious. I love yeah. that. Uh, the two of them talk and Kid Loki even says like, hey, man, look, you had it made with me. I could have been the best and this shit wouldn't have happened. War of the Realms wouldn't have happened under Kid Loki's watch, but no, you had to get fucking greedy. And for those of you who don't know how the Kid Loki story ends, it's fucking tragic. It's upsetting, and I'm not going to talk about it. So we move on. Yeah. As Loki is visited <laughs> by his final ghost, his ghost of Christmas future. And I think we all know who's back. Hey, yo, what up? My name's Loki. I just killed Ego. Now I got that all black. You know, I'm decked out. I'm looking pretty good. This is going to be your future, Loki. Kind of fucked up, right? Look at me. I got like tendrils and shit. I look like I'm some kind of Venom symbiote or something. Maybe that's foreshadowing. I don't know. But I got lava all over the place. It's pretty crazy. I'm going to be the end of everything that was. I am the end of the story. I'm the end of the verse. You know what I mean? Pretty tight. So you're going to see me. I'm going to be killing Ego and pass me. He's like, oh, shit. No, nah, this ain't real. Like, This is some crazy bullshit. Nah, dog. This is the fucking future, man. That's all I'm telling you. I am. Now go finish your work. Go go do your stuff because you'll catch up to me. It's going to be pretty tight. Next time you see me, you ain't even going to know it's going to hit you. Bye. Thanks for swinging by again, Necro Loki. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the final image, which is fucking haunting, is Loki wakes up and he's being digested, just melting away in the gullet of his fa own father. It's gross. Gross as hell. There you go. Yeah. And the end of that chapter, we cut back to War of the Realms, War of the Realms number two. As we get to chapter the Midgard Massacre, which is not, not a positive thing. Not very exciting. Uh, we cut over to Greenwich Village, Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, where a mass evacuation is going on. Uh -huh. They uh -huh. are piling as many people in the Sanctum Sanctorum as possible. They are doing their TARDIS thing, loading people up. And I love that it's being directed by bats. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. the ghost dog, the greatest character. Jacob, we, we mentioned bats a little bit when we were talking about the Loki Sorcerer Supreme stuff. Bats is a creation of uh, Donny Cates. Donny Cates? Strange run. Uh, it was a dog that Doctor Strange had, a talking dog that he had that dies and then becomes a ghost and then just hangs around as a ghost now. <laughs> and he's like Doctor Strange is like best friend. 
and I've see always- this is what I need. I need more <laughs> veterinary and Doctor Doolittle, Doctor Strange. That's it, that's it was you an need to read it. I swear fantastic. to God, you it need was to read just it. like a year, and it didn't last long enough. That's too. That's <laughs> it was such a good idea. <laughs> that is such a great idea. That's so funny. Super. And, and I've I've always pictured him like. Don't worry, there's plenty of space for everybody. The oh, Sanctum yeah. safe room can hold a couple million full-grown humans. And we see him there with Jane, and the two of them are trying to direct traffic into the uh, into the Sanctum Sanctorum. And Jane isn't happy being someone on the sidelines. And spoiler alert, she won't have to be for very long. It's true. Jane is so fucking hot in this one. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to another impromptu session of Below the Belt, the podcast within a podcast where Malcolm Russell Nelson continues to sit for Jane Foster. Jane gets shit done and she has like a little more on her cheek and I love it. (laughs) Cutting back over to uh, the front. (laughs) To the fucking Uggo Frank Castle. Oh my God. This is what he looks like Negan. You know what? I'm okay with Frank with Frank being ugly. I'm okay with Frank Castle being ugly. Yeah, yeah. 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 It works. It's just like he's so hideous. Like, <laughs> he's so ugly. You know what I he's hate? Like a slab of like, retired beef. <laughs> retired like, beef. He was retired. Oh yeah. Right. Remember Malcolm? And then the mob and or street crime and or someone connected to a government sect and or someone else depending on your continuity killed his yeah. family yeah you're right Malcolm he was retired he was a retired slab of beef all of this <laughs> is just gravy <laughs> what? that's what I'm saying <laughs> don't get fooled again that's right. what... <laughs> that's all I see with Frank Castle he, he, he's, he's there and he's just like Looks like Thursday's canceled. I'll see you on gun day. And starts blowing people away. Don't get fooled again. Real and quick, is, just, a, just a gripe real quick. We're going to do a quick like, uh, uh, like Jacob's gripes right now. I, I really don't like the fact that like, like conservative like truck owners... Oh use the like punisher symbol on the back of theirs next to like gun rights and stuff like that i don't oh, know yeah. why like that just J- jacob do you know do you know about marvel changing all of that uh, no i don't yeah. actually so Did because they... of the because of the association that the punisher skull has now with uh the wrong people and yes uh, <clears throat> drag them Drag the them, cops. say their names. Uh, the United States military uh, and <laughs> the United States police just across the board. Yeah. And specifically the Uvalde cops uh, and many of them. <laughs> so uh, Marvel has actually changed that logo now. He doesn't wear that skull. It's a part of the new direction that he has now where he actually he doesn't really use guns either. Um, he works for the hand. Oh, he's seen he's, the Final Fantasy light, baby. Turn yeah. in your guns, get you some swords. Lead ninjas. Yeah, That's yeah he so is. Funny. He is. He is leading the hand now. He's like the hand's chief prosecutor, um, <laughs> which yeah, is he's, awesome. 
It's so he's, he's their he's executioner. I it's fucking so love fucking cool. That's and really is, fucking and cool. And the art is done by Jesus Saez, who is yeah. the best. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And it's written by Jason Aaron. Yep. Super that's good stuff. Because Jason Aaron loves the Punisher. Jason Aaron Even if loves- Russell Dodderman doesn't. Jason Aaron's Punisher Max run is the best Punisher story you'll ever read. What? That is so weird to me. It is so good. It's a brilliant, like, 20-something issues that actually looks at, like, why is he a psychopath? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. It's so good. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, don't worry about that skull. Because now that is specifically for those people. That's that's Like, his new skull design, it's sick. I'll I'll send you a It's so good. It's so good. And it's that so was cool. Grinding My Gears with Jacob Brown, a podcast yeah. a podcast where he talks yeah. about real world events that fucking <laughs> suck. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't worry about those dudes. Fuck those dudes. Also, if you yeah. want to read a really good uh, old man Punisher that isn't really old man Punisher, read Seven Bastards. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Such a good comic. Uh, Frank is gunning down some more Dark Elves when the, uh, the hotness level goes through the roof. Because Daddy Wolverine rolls up, oh. and the, <laughs> and we I love, love a short king. We love a short king. We goddamn do. He is and a short so, king. The two of them awesome. decide to team up, and outside of his comic book costumes, this is peak Wolverine yeah. design. Yeah, t-shirt, yeah. jeans, cowboy hat. That yeah. is all you need. And Eric Azana would know, folks. After all, hashtag Eric for Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we see this absolute unit, Steve Rogers, running up the stairs. And it looks like he's just like guiding an evacuation. No, oh he's making God. his way upstairs so he can fucking knock down a frost giant solo. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen Captain America do in an event. And- Honestly, was and then the best part is him. Another one. (laughs) I'm going back up. Go back up. I just (laughs) fucking love it so much. I could do this all day. This is it. Like this is a proper use of. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's another video game that I'm really excited about. That I don't think a lot of people are excited about. Midnight Suns. It is a strategy game. Mm. We don't get a lot of Marvel strategy games. This is the best use of Captain America. You put him up high and you have him knock down shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, good. I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> That's just with, with eagles shit. just flying behind him slowly. So tight, dude. Uh, we see everyone fighting. We see Kevin Feige on the phone, green lighting fucking phase six i guess howard the duck anyway howard the duck how the duck phase six you never know yeah, yeah, yeah. and the battle continues with uh dr strange fighting up some trolls and fighting curse mm-hmm. and then we see malekith just chilling he's just popping a squad just like hmm that's pretty good <laughs> but it could be better <laughs> <laughs> and we see that dr strange's spells aren't really having the power that they should because the war witches are there cock blocking him Mm -hmm. uh battle continues on several different fronts freya's fighting uh the queen of angels spider-man's fighting queen of cinders we see uh talk talk about a hot conflict (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Ulick is trying to fight Hulk while also trying to marry Hulk. Uh, this is Jennifer yeah. Walters Hulk. Yeah. By the way, uh, while Enchantress is absolutely giving it to Ghost Rider. <laughs> It's so good. just like the easy he's, he's got nothing he's got nothing yeah until she is rammed by a viking long ship just absolutely demolished and who hops out of that long ship jane with her little sword <laughs> fucking jane foster <laughs> jane foster what in the name of the gods are you doing here fighting for my realm bitch <laughs> where's, where's malekith let's bury a few swords in his face and end this the most long island thing you could say yeah. so fucking cool man. <laughs> uh battle continues until the war horn of asgard sounds and some folks are born right to raise the flag Ooh, that red white and blue the fucking valkyries ride in with odin uh this is the this is oh i don't w w what's the uh, song from, yeah i was gonna say what's the song from ragnarok the immigrant song the yeah. immigrant song yeah that's that's what this is or i guess alternatively on side c it could be just literally right of that the valkyries that's what's playing out the horn yeah yes correct so good and so they ride in they're the cavalry they start rolling through absolutely rolling through these people so uh brunhild shows up jane jumps on her horse and it looks like this battle's going pretty well i, I love jane say. just hopping on the horse being like, let's fucking go let's fucking go brunhild's like i have no idea who you are she's like it doesn't matter i'll tell you later i have a sword let's fight <laughs> let's fucking roll <laughs> she's such a badass. That's fucking well. She's like for the garden. How is she? More she's like of, a of Asgard. She's like of Madison. No, Madison. <laughs> she's like I got fucking Knicks tickets. Let's go. Let's go. Oh <laughs> for Patrick Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rides off, right? Oh so the battle continues as uh dr strange they finally are able to disable <laughs> i forgot i forgot how they disabled the uh the fucking war witches jade foster rolls up with her sword and just slices her way through them so fucking so cool. cool and I love, so i love dr strange look by the way his new look that that is so cool. that's the mark so, wade run yeah this is the mark wade run where uh, he is strange uh, in space, 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 space yeah space, and it's space. a fucking cool look he looks like cool look. he he looks like a proper like literature magic guy yes you know like he, he, looks, he looks like looks a like, legit dnd character yeah, yeah. yeah he looks yeah like like a cyberpunk fantasy uh, uh doctor strange here basically yeah for he sure looks like the dad from dragon prince Oh my god. <laughs> if you haven't watched Dragon Prince, it's really fucking good. Anyway. I'm gonna have to watch Dragon Prince. I've been wanting to. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's really good in the new season starting in like November. But he looks like he looks like the the magic dad. Nice. nice. Magic so daddy. Mm. And that was below the belt with Jacob Brown. <laughs> <laughs> a new podcast within a podcast. I mean, like where Jacob magic Brown Daddy, simps please. for uh, Doctor Strange. And what do you think the him? sucking power is on those little like magic? So things? as we see <laughs> Doctor Strange now unmoored by the uh, cock blocking of the war witches, 
he is able to summon his evacuation spell. However, it gets a little out of hand. It's working a little too well because everyone is pulled, not just civilians, heroes alike as well, leaving just the Valkyries against the entire armada. Back at Avengers Mountain, everyone's regrouping. No, everyone's injured. We don't know what's what's come of New York City. Everyone is like trying to just strategize, battle plan, you know, gain a headcount, all that stuff. And there's this great little moment where we see Luke, Logan, and Danny standing off to the side. Danny in his best costume, by the way. In his best costume. Mm, I was going to say, I know you're all with me on that. That tracksuit. I fucking love that tracksuit look. I do like it a little bit more when it's like, when it's black. Yeah, me too. Because I like the black and yellow, but the green and yellow, it's still slaps. But the green works. Yeah. As long as he has that collar, man, for me, I just, I'm all about that. That's the thing. It's the tracksuit with the collar. With the collar. It's the best. So So Sneakers. So cool. Sneakers. (laughs) So we see the three of them just kind of like standing off the side and Wolverine's just like, World's at war with the elves. Like now we're about to do some dirty dozen shit. And Iron Fist is just like, are we even going to talk about the fact that you're dead? And I just, <laughs> I love that people just, we get these moments like with Robbie earlier, like with Blade, where it's just like, yeah, man, we're just guys. We're just guys being dudes. Yeah. Dudes doing things. <laughs> we don't know all this bullshit. Yeah. This is the first time that everyone is now aware that Logan's back. Because yeah. Like Logan's been gone and then came back, but no one really knew it except, uh, ironically, like Loki was like one of like three people who knew. <laughs> and then, so this is kind of the first time that everyone's like, holy shit, wait, Logan? What? Like you're, and it's the young one. It's not the weird old one. What? Like... <laughs> so everyone is trying to figure out what to do next. And all of a sudden we see, the news coverage with the app just i don't like looking at it but it's this image that tells you everything you need to know the headline is slaughter new york warrior women on winged horses massacred by monsters and we see one of the horses of the valkyries impaled on i'm assuming the chrysler building yeah and it is upsetting it is a really upsetting image and to couple that with the the shot of Jane watching just, uh, the screen, just tears streaming down her face, just saying we should have gone like, back. We, we should have gone back. Yeah, uh, her having her Jack moment. Yes, one hundred percent Jack moment. Sort yes. of. Way, sort of. Know. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in New York, on the ground level, Brunhild has lost her sword. She's the last Valkyrie standing, and she is doing a hell of a job fighting off the hordes that are still in the city when all of a sudden she's impaled through the back by Malekith's sword. And we see this just heartbreaking full-page spread of news outlets all over the world. Reports from London, Los Angeles, Australia, Shanghai, Africa, Brazil... All of these places are being invaded just like New York is. New York is just the tip of the spear. has begun. Sick. Which brings us to chapter two, 
or chapter three, sorry, of War of the Realms, the quest for Thor. Everyone's regrouping at the armory at Avengers Mountain. And it's uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for everybody. Everybody's a little, uh, little bit, a little bit tense. A little bit might be a little bit tense. And as we uh, catch up with everyone there in the armory, we see Cap wielding Yarnbjorn. It's fucking cool. My bitch. Look at this guy. Look at him. Because Freya has tasked him with bringing a strike force into Jotunheim to try and retrieve their son. Back on the remains of the Bifrost, Heimdall has a visitor, a blind man just like himself, Matt Murdock. And Heimdall wants to enlist Matt's help in coordinating the war efforts. Because Heimdall's been watching the Daredevil Netflix show. All so three knows, seasons. So knows the very, uh, the very, very specific line from Claire Temple saying, you're blind, but you see so much. <laughs> it's such a bad line. <laughs> um, oh, God. And so. It's so terrible. And, That's a nice line read, by the way. Thank and, you. And he asks, like, hey, what did you end up drawing on that uh, on that napkin? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and I so, wouldn't <laughs> And so um, he basically says, like, he tells him, pick up my sword and you will be the new guardian of the Bifrost. And I love this, right? He says, do this, and your mind will be going only where gods have tread. And Matt says, well, if I learned anything from the nuns at St. Francis Academy, it's that I'm not a very good Catholic. And he grabs the sword, and he becomes the god without fear. Just beautiful, right? The coolest thing. This is Uh, the coolest thing. The coolest thing. Light redesign of all the stars all over his suit. Instead Looks of the shadows, like so cool, it's oh. really cool. His so eyes cool. lit up. The rainbow bridge lives again, and he is now basically the dispatcher for everyone. And in that moment as well, Jane Foster is appointed the All Mother. Fuck yes, she's got yeah. Odin's sphere. It is so cool. Back in her straight out of chemo shirt. Yup. And so the war effort begins. In Jotunheim, Realm of the Giants, we see Cap, Spider-Man, and our three knuckleheads. Logan, Danny, and Luke. The American (laughs) Warriors 3. Yes. The (laughs) American... Bitch, give me that book. Give I, would, me. I love the three of them teaming up together. You Same. don't get it enough, and I think it's a really good dynamic. That's give me good. a six-issue mini written by Jason Aaron. We'll say art by Jesus Saez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they venture into uh, Jotunheim to try and find Thor. Uh, they are beset upon by ice giant archers they have learned from their mountain brethren uh-huh. shooting giant ass arrows uh-huh. yes and the battle begins over in svartalfheim realm of the dark elves we see another strike force uh-huh. this one composed of hulk and some others 
with one very specifically adorned with the Punisher's skull. It is then revealed that the rest of the force includes Blade and Freya, as well as Robbie Raymond. Not Robbie Raymond. Robbie Reyes. Robbie <laughs> Raymond. Yeah, Robbie That's hilarious. Robbie Raymond. <laughs> Sorry. Firestorm shows up in the... <laughs> um, Robbie Carmel. Uh, so, Firestorm... Fuck, I did it again. <laughs> God damn it. Ghost. So, Ghost Rider, Hulk, Blade, Freya, and Punisher are the second strike force into the... Uh, realm of the dark elves to try and blow up the black bifrost mm -hmm. meanwhile back in midgard we see that new york isn't without its protectors we see another strike force of hey, the war avengers this oh you're london. right this is in yeah. london yeah how come every time it's going around my london london bridge want to go down like london 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 <laughs> this is london baby Look at that Ollie fan right there. That like it's like a giant elephant that looks like he's made out of like trees or something. It's crazy. Uh, it's, 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 it's an nuts. elephant. Uh, it's it's it, it's actually pronounced elephant. No, it's elephant. I no. Uh, Timothy <laughs> no, it's 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 elephant. When did Loki hair. the brother come back into this show? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm it's, so confused. He's the narrator. <laughs> Necro Loki. <laughs> Necro Loki's the narrator. The entire time. So, uh, so we. Oh, this part of Rome's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's he's the one in the uh, sports center with Jane. <laughs> he's the one in sports center with Jane. He's absolutely he's if he's in the sports center with Jane, he's got real Jason Bateman and dodgeball energy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a bold move, cotton. Let's see if it pays off for see him. See if it pays <laughs> off for him. Back to you, cotton. All right. <laughs> so in London, Malekith has dunked on Black Knight because I mean, come on. And has taken yes. his ebony blade. Hey. Wow. Tell, hey. me wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, is, he, cool, man. is he or is he not standing on his neck? He is I standing mean, atop him. Because he didn't ask for it. I didn't say Black Knight can't be a simp. I'm not going to shame him for that. It's true. I'm That's just true. saying, look at the facts. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of the facts, we've got another strike force, the War Avengers, including Captain Marvel, Venom, Deadpool, Captain Britain, the Winter Soldier, Sif, and... <laughs> Weapon H. Oh, is that what that is? That okay. is Weapon H. I do not know what that was, <laughs> genuinely. The, <laughs> the worst bit of representation. I, think I, I can tell from this. It looks like if a Titan from the Arkham Asylum uh, like video game had like Wolverine talons. That's just basically what yeah, I thought this that's was. Pretty much what he is. Or he Blockbuster is with Wolverine. Wolverine talons. Yeah. Back on the Bifrost, <laughs> we see Daredevil is coordinating the teams. However, the Black Bifrost is also active. So we see the Dark Elves show up, and it's Heimdall, the dis what's left of the Destroyer, and fucking Jane with Odin's spear. By the way, the Destroyer is being piloted by Freya. Yep. 
And so they go out and they just start trying to defend Daredevil and the bridge. Meanwhile, in the forges, we see our buddy Screwbeard. Screwbeard has teamed up with Iron Man and Shuri to try and construct, uh, basically use what Uru they have to construct new weapons. And alone at Avengers Mountain, we see Black Panther, T'Challa, go to war with everyone. The cool, one of the coolest, coolest tie-ins. Fucking cool. Is just (laughs) T'Challa home aloneing Avengers Mountain against Frost Giants, uh, Fire Goblins, and all sorts of bad people. Can we talk about the similarity between that and another tie-in that uh, Jason Aaron wrote for Black Panther years ago? for secret invasion oh my god that's oh, so wow. true oh that's very funny so he loves putting t'challa in those situations of, he loves putting t'challa in those situations jason Aaron wrote one of the best black panther stories in like a three issue tie-in for secret invasion which is the scrolls invading wakanda and so it's black panther and storm because they're married at the time and the rest of wakanda just defending wakanda against the scroll invasion just like okay fuck the rest of the world we need to make sure that wakanda is safe and it is just home alone (laughs) it's It's so so good too it's It's so so good and so this is just a sincere just redo but this time it's an avengers mansion which is sick that's pretty cool so meanwhile, we see our girl Ross Solomon fighting the good fight in Antarctica. Hell yeah. Roxxon has established their base there. And underwater, we see our boy Tanaquerta fighting against fire sharks in arguably the second best Namor costume. So this is totally going to be a costume that he's wearing, right? At some point, but I want to keep him in the little green shorts as, as long as possible. For Yay! sure. For sure. For sure. But I, I love this. Co- I think this costume would be very appropriate for him. This will be his crossover when he shows up in other people's movies costumes. Yeah, when, when he shows up in Kang Dynasty or whatever on the Avengers team. Yeah. This is, I thought this is what he wears when he joins the Illuminati. That's what I think. Oh, no. See, no, I, want the, still I, green, I still want green shorts. Are you still I want green the shirt? black in that. I want him oh, like in yeah. the black. like. Oh, uh, the, v, the deep V. Yeah, the deep yeah. V. Okay, okay. That is that is objectively the third best Namor costume. <laughs> that's that's very close for number one for me. I love that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we see Wakanda going to war with heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I that angel's right there in the front represent. Hell yeah. And then in New York, fucking John Krasinski. I mean, and the rest of the Fantastic Four. Look at that. I mean, look at that and tell me it's not John Krasinski. It really is. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I said when this issue came out in 2019 on Twitter, I even had the audacity because I was dumb to tag Russell Dodderman and ask him if John Krasinski was the inspiration for Reed Richards here, because that's not, not John Krasinski. You're right. Yeah. It, it actually like is. Like it's oh, absolutely no. John Krasinski. And I Sue didn't... Storm too. looks a little bit like Emily Blunt, like a maybe little a little, bit. yeah, maybe a little, but this is a dead ringer for Krasinski. Yeah. I hate that. Oh, <laughs> <bummer>. <laughs> Hi, I'm like the one person who doesn't like that casting. It's fine. I want, yeah. I want someone else, but William Jackson Harper. That's the name. Don't wear it out or do wear it out by telling people that he needs to be Reed Richards. 
Hell yeah. So I thought it would just be funny if we just got the early 2000s Fantastic Four cast back all over again. Yo, Even bro. Jessica Alba. <laughs> I, after the last couple of weeks, I don't think she'd do it. No, uh, definitely not. That's, that's, that's fair. But, uh, <laughs> and then we wrap up this whole chapter with cut-ins to the various uh, strike force peeps where we see that in Svartalfheim, they make it to the Black Bifrost, right? They're there, they're gonna be demolishing some people, but as, uh, fuck, uh, in London, Malekith is able to disable the, uh, the Venom symbiote because he recognizes something inside of it. Hmm, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. One of the Dark Elf assassins is able to get past Daredevil and blow up what's left of the Bifrost. And as the word reaches Freya, they realize now the Black Bifrost is their only hope to get people in and out of the realms. So now their mission has changed from having to destroy it to having to protect it. They have to hold the line. And in Jotunheim, our heroes are fighting their way through the uh just the icy frost giants that they are i've just real quick no we'll talk about in the time um as they're making their way they hear like booms and like just thunder cracks and as they make their way over the mountains they realize they're not making their way over mountains anymore they're making their way over mountains of bodies frost giant bodies as they find Deep in the throes of a berserker rage in Warrior's Madness, Thor, with one arm, still shouting, send me more giants. Send them all. The bodies hit the... (laughs) (laughs) And then, to wrap up uh, chapter four, or chapter three, we get the new map of Midgard. The new kingdoms. We see North America's rule is now New Jotunheim. Frozen Land of the Frost Giants, ruled over by Laufey. Uh, we see that uh, Greenland? Iceland? Greenland. Uh, Greenland, uh, yes. Yeah. Think, yeah. Greenland is now new, along with the rest of the UK, is New Svartalfheim, the, fa- the Dark Fairy Realm, ruled over by Malekith. Asia belongs to New Muspelheim, uh, Land of Fire, and the Queen of Cinders. Which is ironic because, you know, like... That is a frozen wasteland with with uh, with Russia and everything like that. Yes. Like that that the... they they're not having a good time, comrades. No, no, no. Um, Africa is now New Heaven, land of the angels, owned by the Queen of Heaven. Racist. I know. Uh, <laughs> Australia is the kingdom of the trolls, which is pretty much what it's been. Yeah. And <laughs> ruled over by Ulic. Uh, South America is the Dusklands, the new kingdom of the dead, ruled over by the Enchantress. She wanted and the horny place. She did. She's a <laughs> boy, did she? She wanted, she wanted something hot. <laughs> and the entirety of Antarctica is the kingdom of Roxxon Incorporated, ruled over by Mr. Dr. Kevin Feige. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Kevin Mr. Feige. Dr. Mr. Doctor. Which brings us to our live coverage of the Strike Force teams in both Jotunheim and Svartalfheim. Malcolm, dun, 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 dun. take it away. Okay, so we're going to talk about two, uh, two, two, two tie-ins here. We're going to talk about 
Strike Force: The Dark Elf Realm first. Uh, Strike Force: Dark Elf Realm, which is written by uh, one of one of the legends, uh, Brian Hill, and drawn yeah. by Laniel Francis Yu. Hell yeah! Uh, great freaking creative team on that book. Um, so starts off before the strike teams take off. Frey is giving out missions and is talking uh, to someone off page, saying that Captain America suggests I speak with you uh because uh he said that a man like you would find asgard comfortable if asgard still remained and this is our task we have to destroy the black bifrost uh steve rogers said you could provide some perspective on this the cost of victory can you and you find out it's the punisher uh saying steve rogers should learn to keep my name out of his mouth for sure lady freya if you're talking hard choices i've made a few and so they decide okay let's build a team I can make a team. What we're gonna need? Uh, I I love these lines. Uh, Punish is talking and saying, "Lady Freya, you deserve the honorific. Don't think of them or me as people. They're weapons. Weapons you need. Weapons have functions. Justice, and you see Hulk's fist. Uh, vengeance, and you see like a criminal being wrapped around by Ghost Rider's chains. Anger, and you see Blade's fangs." And then she says, I am to assume that you are punishment. And he says, no, ma'am. Punishment is the result of what I am. The physics of making things right. It's not my function. My function is truth. The kind of truth that only happens when love turns to hate. And hate turns into action. I'll explain it later. And we get us all in a room. Even a goddess needs to make a sales pitch. So we got all. Damn. <laughs> I mean, give Brian Hill a Punisher book. Because he he gets that character really well. Um, I liked the Punisher tied ins in this in this in this me uh, book, too. actually. By that the way. was just, written just by uh, Sidebar on Rosenberg, that. who was writing the Punisher book at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really like those tie ins. I think they're really good. That that was really good. Yeah. Um, so Freya assembles them in a room and says, "Okay, listen, this is the mission. We got to destroy the Black Bifrost. Are you guys down?" And they say, yeah, we can, we, we can make this happen. Let's do this. She says, okay. So first, I need to test you guys. We need to see if you're, if you're up to the challenge. Uh, in Asgard, we don't trust tales of triumph. We believe in demonstrations of power. I need to know what you are, what you can do by watching it myself. Uh, it means I need to see you fight. And so she uses some magic to get into all of their heads and says, show me their darkness. So we get little individual challenges for each character. So Jen, Jen Walters, uh, wakes up and is in a courtroom uh, being judged by Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Uh, we have in a decimated New York, like absolutely decimated. We have Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider being challenged by, uh, by it, supposed to be Zarathos, but I mean, it looks like Johnny Blaze. Um, being um, actually, I think you'll find that his design is closer to Danny Ketch. <laughs> um, well, you are correct about that. Yes. <laughs> mm, yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you freaking nerd. Uh, <laughs> in this giant like cathedral, uh, Blade walks in and is uh, faced by his worst nightmare. A future him who has taken over the vampires and is leading the vampires. Uh, 
And so all these all these cats are just fighting their way through these through these uh, scenarios and realize, oh, this isn't real. Like all of them just realize this, this isn't real. This is Freya's test, testing us against our own darkness. Uh, and then you get the Punisher after. So there's a great page of all of them realizing like this isn't real. This is all bullshit. And then the last two panels are the Punisher. <laughs> It's like a gross little like interrogation room where he's he in the saw bathroom. The team. Like, <laughs> it is like a saw bathroom where he killed the rest of the team. And he's like, oh, the others are all figuring it out. I think they passed your test. And they ask him, like, what did you see? He's like, oh, uh, Blade Blade asked him, like, what did you see? He's like, kittens, thousand fluffy kittens caught up in trees, all of them meowing at the same time. Blade's like, really? He's like, nah. I just killed all of you, but I felt bad about it. <laughs> and so Freya's like, okay, I've seen your guys' darkness. I see where you guys are at. Let's go roll this shit. I'm like, let's do it. Uh, and then there's this really interesting conversation between Freya and Frank uh, talking about, you know, uh, divination and believing in the future and Again, just making the hard choices. Um, and he he he's talking to her and says, you know, Rogers didn't send you to me because I can fight. Everyone here can fight. He sent you here because even the Boy Scout knows I can handle the worst truth. So tell me what your truth is. And she says, how do you, how do, you do what you do and not become what you hate? I've had this vision. And so she has a vision of herself uh, leading dark elves, having some kind of dark energy and leading dark elves. And so he tells her this story about uh, when he was in Colombia not too long ago, and he was wiping out all this drug cartel, uh, storming this mansion, wiping them all out. He was saving a kid, uh, and he he catches a reflection, a look of himself in the mirror. Uh, kid's a little scared of him. He catches a look of himself in the mirror. He says, "I saw what I had become. It didn't look like an angel." I don't know what hell may be like, but I bet it doesn't have many mirrors. He said, a monster hunting monsters. That's what I'd become. So I said to myself, this is fine because it was. It didn't matter what I became. What mattered is that the right thing got done. And so that kind of gives her the bump that she needs. And uh, she, <laughs> she says, uh, I know why the others fear you, Frank Castle, but you have the respect of Asgard. Which is kind of fucking cool. Yeah, it's dope um, as hell. Dope as hell. Uh, and so then it flashes to uh, where we are at the end of issue three, where they realize, okay, so the Bifrost is gone. Now we need to defend the Black Bifrost. Freya says, okay, you guys get out of here. I'm going to hold it. And they all agree, like, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to stick with you. And so Freya takes control of the Black Bifrost, which is fucking cool, and becomes what she saw in her vision of this like black dark elf energy swarming around her flaring off of her and she says this is war it's fine and goes right <laughs> into battle which is sick sick great, as hell great tie-in i i love this time because it's it it doesn't do too much to change the story but it gives a little bit more information as context. far as that's that choice and why that team is picked. I love the look into like each character's darkness. Yeah. It's 
they're all in very weird places in their life. Yes. You know, like everyone, every one of those characters is in a very weird stage. And so I kind (laughs) of love that this like looks into that and looks into their true darkness and picks the team from there. I I like that it was a very strategic pick. Also, I like the idea of like Freya associating with these characters. Yeah. Of all people, of all people, it's a weird choice, which is really neat. Um, And then that leads right into the next strike force issue which is one of the greatest single issues of all time. It's so good. It is honestly one of the best single issues I've ever read in my life. Uh, Strike Force, the Land of Giants, written by Tom Taylor. Everyone, Twitter's favorite Tom Taylor. Twitter's favorite Tom Taylor. And drawn by uh, Jorge Molina. My guy! So good looking. Uh, and I think this is the best that his art has looked. Holy crap, it's so good. It's so good. Um, and this is all narrated by Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man's in Avengers Mountain and uh, you know kind of just taking a moment to relax he's he's seen a lot in the last like 24 hours Uh, and then Cap shows up in his winter gear in the objectively best winter gear I I I love that jacket to action figure so bad same with yarn Bjorn and everything I want it so Uh, and he's just wearing jeans yeah <laughs> i love it so much it's so sick so he shows up and he says all right listen we gotta go save the world and Spider-Man's like okay uh he uh he leads him to uh cap, cap leads spider-man to a beautiful beautiful winged horse uh beautiful beautiful winged horse <laughs> <laughs> take off together and spider-man has his uh his uh never-ending story moment (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is awesome (laughs) it's so good so the new strike force is assembled it's cap it's logan it's iron fist wearing a baller ass coat you love that cloak (laughs) baller ass cloak and luke and spider-man and Cap says, okay, well, <laughs> I, I love Luke being like, it's kind of a sausage fest here. <laughs> <laughs> and Cap's like, listen, other heroes are battling things across the world. This is who we need. A hunter, one who can withstand the full fury of inhabitants of Jotunheim, and a man who can fell a frost giant with a single blow. It doesn't talk about why Spider-Man's there, but Spider-Man's not even once. Um, he's, he's always the heart. So, heart. you know uh so they they go they say okay listen our mission is thor we need to save thor thor is trapped in jotunheim we need to go get him he's our friend he's also might be the key to saving the world let's do this and so they all roll up they grab weapons from the armory which is sick uh love seeing luke with a warhammer luke with a warhammer the hammer of rock giants crack like eggs beneath its blows i love that like everything is labeled and caps Mm -hmm. like things are surprisingly well labeled uh (laughs) iron fist grabs the twin swords of sprog all of jotunheim all in jotunheim fear their edges yeah uh cap looks to logan is like logan you gonna grab anything and he pops his claws like i'm all good (laughs) this is what i was gonna say because like everybody has like their winter gear whether it's like they've got weapons or spidey's got his helmet he's got a shield and everything logan is literally the only thing that's changed from the main book is he's now wearing a jacket he's wearing the jacket i love he's still got the hat it's it's, it's the it's malibu barbie she just has a new hat yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so the Spider Man. Spider Man gets a new hat too. That's true. He gets a magic helm. <laughs> Which sort of magic helm. It looks cool as hell on him. <laughs> like, it does look dope. I think it looks pretty sick. Yeah. I just uh, love the designs for everybody in this book. They're so good. So good. Uh, Spider Man grabs a. It's like, I really don't want to take a weapon. And Cap's like, here, take this shield. He's like, a shield? And Cap's got this great, this great panel where he's just cheesing. He's like, it could be useful. <laughs> Which is awesome. Take it from uh, me, young buck. <laughs> so uh, Cap calls to Daredevil, who's, again, you know, got control of the Bifrost, and says, okay, go ahead and send us. Let's do it. So they go off to Jotunheim, all riding on winged horses. Yeah. yeah. The one of the strengths of this issue is the dialogue is incredible. Mm-hmm. Iron Fist is talking about like, oh, we need a name. And Logan's like, no, we don't. Iron Fist is like, how about the four horsemen of peace? And Logan's no. Like, no. <laughs> like, I've got it. The four horsemen who've all punched apocalypse. No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> And Luke's like, well, for a start, there's five of us. He's like, oh, he's like, you forgot to count yourself? Yeah. I forgot to count myself. (laughs) I fucking loved Eddie Rand. Uh, Ah. Tom Taylor should have written a a Luke Cage and Iron Fist book. He should have taken over Power Man Iron Fist after after Walker's run. Yeah, after Walker's run. He gets that dynamic really well. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been cool. So they show up in Jotunheim. It's messy. They say, okay, do we think we could track Thor? And Logan's like, yeah, it's not going to be that hard. We just got to follow the giant river of frost giant blood. (laughs) Found it. (laughs) This is... Here here we go. Okay, so they all get attacked. They all get attacked. We saw this in War of the Realms 3. They get attacked by the frost giant archers. uh, Start losing the horses. So big fight scene. Uh, Luke putting that hammer to use, which is sick. Everyone putting all their skills to use, which is awesome. Uh, Spider-Man named his horse Buttercup, by the way, which is really sweet. Um, and it's going to come back into play later. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man's calling out to like Logan. He's like, Logan, what does the helmet do? What does the helmet do that you gave me? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you said it's really special. You said it's magic. He's like, how would I know if it's magic? It was just the most ridiculous helmet I saw in there. I mean, it's a little shade cover for your neck. And we're on a dark ice planet. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, you can see in the panel, he's laughing to himself. Because he thinks he's so clever. While he's (laughs) chopping up this frost giant. (laughs) Spidey's like, I preferred you when you were dead. (laughs) <laughs> and so all of their horses are dead except for one except for buttercup and so so buttercup is bowing to the horse and everyone in the team notices it and spider-man says we should join her and i'm just like you want us to bow to the horses logan's like bow which he's i, I love i love he's immediately in it um and Spider-Man says, are we going to leave them here? And you hear this, no. They will not be left here. Spider-Man can talk to Buttercup, who is actually named Queen Arcturus, which yes. means one who gallops through clouds, which is freaking beautiful. Uh, 
and you yeah, know she so specifically talking. says Seriously, yeah she's like she says, buttercup was nice buttercup was also nice <laughs> so spider-man's talking to the queen and then you get the great this is what makes this the best single issue i've ever read about <laughs> because you get the best page turn i've ever seen where spider-man's talking to the horse and then you turn the page, and it's Spider-Man talking to the horse, going, no, 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 no. Because he's speaking like a horse. They don't realize that he can just understand what the horses are saying. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is just watching, just, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's it's perfect comedy. Uh so they they go off. They ride off. They're chasing down the the rest of the bodies that are left, uh, and find the Odin son. Like we said at the end of issue three, find the Odin son in a berserker rage, super mad. They're all talking about how relatable berserker rages is, which is great. Uh, Cap specifically says, "I My had favorite. a particularly bad day with Hitler, just a particularly <laughs> bad day," <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> uh. And so uh, then more frost giants are coming. And so they join in the fight and everyone fights together. Uh, uh, Thor snaps out of his berserker rage. Uh, you know, and this is all being narrated by, by Spider-Man at the same time, which is pretty cool. Uh, he says, I saw the unthinkable. I saw Captain America fall and not get back up again. But eventually there was no fight left. And Thor was free, free from Jotunheim, free from his Viking tantrum. And Arcturus, well, she was a good horse. And you get this page turn uh, again of the Queen Arcturus with a spear just in her belly as she's dying. And he's lost the helmet. Spider-Man's lost the helmet. And Logan hands it to him. Logan's picked it up, hands it to him so he can understand what she's saying. And she says, you don't know the words. Don't, don't bury me here. Don't let me freeze in the cold ground. We belong in the air. Take me, take me home with you, noble jester warrior. And she passes, and Spider-Man is crushed. And Cap comes up behind him, puts his hand on his shoulder, and says, I'm, I'm sorry, son. And so they take her back to Avengers Mountain and they bury her. Uh, and they they leave the helmet on top of like a little a little post to mark where she is. And that's the end of the issue. How uh, like how do you do that? I'm actually uh, crying right now. <laughs> like that that issue is hits. unbelievable. It hits so hard. And it's like they talk about in the in the uh in the narration how they were like we fought for hours, maybe days. Yeah. So they were at this for a while. They were at this for a while. It was and, a fight. And just that whole journey that Spidey went on mm-hmm. in this to lose that horse like i was destroyed yeah absolutely destroyed yeah and, but the fact that they did get her back to midgard and buried her above avengers mountain was really really sweet yeah it's a beautiful one shot it's got it's... great comedy it's really upsetting <laughs> it's perfect so good. Thank you so much, Malcolm, for your coverage in the uh, various strike teams. Uh, we now come to you live in the uh, Great White North as Jacob Brown is giving his report 
on what he's seeing up there. Jacob? It's cold as hell. Back to you. All right. So thanks, Jacob. So we're going to continue on. Um. Uh, there was uh, we were trying to figure out what, like tie-ins in here, but the, like this, uh, uh, this my favorite in this was the unbeatable Squirrel Girl uh, issues number forty-three through forty-six. I picked this because I remember starting this run uh, of Squirrel Girl like back in the, back when it was like just in the midpoint of it, like get, uh, continuing on. Like um, I, I started reading it and I fell out of it because of other stuff to read, but uh, for the most part. When I got to when I heard that there was a tie into this, I was like, "Oh, let's see how much of this I actually remembered." And I remembered a lot more than I thought I did. So, for you folks, like uh, for you listeners, just just keep just know that like this uh, is not an essential tie-in, but it is really fun for the fact if you like Squirrel Girl and just want to know what how she comes into play with all of this, this kind of is like a good little story. After the first uh, issue of War of the Realms, it's best to try to, uh, to read this issue, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 43, before continuing on with the rest of the, the War of the Realms, because it actually shows you what happens, uh, a little bit of backstory. So uh, Dorian Green is the unbeatable squirrel girl in every sense of uh, that uh, of that uh, title that uh, she she always manages to uh, to beat said situations that happen in her stories um what's also great about this issue is there's little like uh comments on the bottom of each uh page after you finish reading it so it's actually hilarious that there's this little like commentary going on as you're reading the actual story uh, we see Squirrel Girl entering the negatives, uh, 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 entering the negative zone into a uh, with her friends and uh, new and pretty much uh, establishing herself with uh, with her old buddy. Basically, what is her name? It's um, Aline, Aline, who is a evil clone, and uh, uh, that was mentioned in the offhanded uh, what is it? The the graphic novel Squirrel Girl, uh, Squirrel Girl beats up the Marvel Universe. What's great about that also side side story is like what's great about that graphic novel is like it is associated with this run of uh, of Squirrel Girl, but it actually you don't need to read any of the other uh, Squirrel Girl comics for this for that graphic novel. It's actually a great standalone book, and this kind of like uh, this kind of uh, uh, mentions that they check in on her. She's actually nice. She's enjoying and building this new world for her. When all of a sudden Squirrel Girl, um, our Squirrel Girl fades out of existence and appears right in the middle of the, the battle of the Avengers versus the, uh, the, the hordes of Malekith's army. She is like right in the frame and then suddenly grabbed into a alleyway and it's Loki. Loki mentions to her like saying like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? While this is happening, one of my favorite panels is uh, Spider-Man using the Avengers to web them up into this kind of Voltron-esque spider uh, webbing uh, person. And uh, it's really funny. And uh, it's because they go after the Frost Giants and the Frost Giant just gives it a one good smack. And uh, you can hear Spider-Man going, it was worth a try. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's really good. Loki is descri- is pretty much just describing what's been going on, what has been happening um, to Noreen, uh, to to Doreen, uh, 
um, and describing like what's happening and what, uh, like even pulls up a map of what, uh, which kingdom is going to where. Um, but Loki has a bit of a plan. She's gonna, uh, she knows, he knows where the, uh, uh, the, the frost giants are taking over uh, of, uh, of Canada, they're of the North America. And Noreen's pretty much, and Squirrel's pretty much just like, I need to go to Canada because my parents live there and I can't uh, have any of that happening. So Loki's like, all right, I'll use my little bit of magic and I'll send you there, give my re regards and stuff. I may not be able to, uh, I, uh, I may not be able to get, bring you back. And she's like, okay, well, what would that be? And it's like, because I have the worst feeling that it's gonna cost me on whatever, on being a better person. Um, as he does that, she disappears into, into the void and to, to transport it to Canada, just as Loki and exits the, the, the alleyway to confront Laufey uh, about to hurt Freya. And it leads right into right when uh, Loki appears in uh, War of the Realms number one. And, and that's really the essential part of this, this whole like tie-in was just that moment. I, I honestly picked it because it's like, that moment with Loki was so powerful that, uh, that having this little moment before that really kind of speaks a lot of like what uh, Loki's been trying to do this whole time of just trying to be the good guy. From there, we uh, encountered the, the frost giants and uh, how they're just pretty much taking over um, this little like town in Canada. Um, they're about to invade on Squirrel Girl's actual neighborhood when uh, the um, greatest thing I've ever seen, which is the Oak, Oak Tree Ultron. Uh, if you need to know what this is, this is also in, in, the, in the series. There's a, there's a tree that protects uh, Noreen's parents uh, that looks like an oak tree, but it's Ultron's uh, head. It's uh, it's all it's it's amazing. It's it. Okay. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Sounds incredible. It is fantastic. Okay. It protects it protects uh, his parents and the the even the frost giants are like okay whatever that is we're not dealing with that. Um, uh, she rekindles with her parents. She gets a new costume which is for winter gear and everything like that. It's actually pretty cute. Um. She tries to take out these frost giants when all of a sudden she meets someone. She meets Radataskar, the god, the Asgardian god of chaos. Basically the god of squirrels that runs up and down the life tree. Uh, this character is introduced, I remember this character. This character is introduced in uh, the first volume of Squirrel Girl. Uh, it's a great little character and from here, uh, these two are working together uh, in a team uh, buddy cop situation for the next few issues, trying to take down the frost giants. Um, you even get a little backstory of how this, uh, how this god escaped. He was trapped and uh, the Mangog during that whole situation fighting Jane Foster uh, kind of let him loose. So he escaped and pretty much gave the thumbs up to Mangog going like, hey, man, keep up the good work, my dude. And hey, tell, your, uh, tell the same to your boss. And then he zips off. And uh, from there, you, you go uh, from there. It's just them fighting the, the frost giants unequivocally, like working together and a lot of quippy stuff, trying to disguise themselves to blend in with the town people. That doesn't go well because she because it's the god of chaos. She, they, he can't help himself. Um, leading ultimately to finding out that how the, pretty much the, uh, 
Canadian government worked with uh, uh, with Raxon and allowing the the uh, frost giants to come into to Canada and so so working together yeah it's very interesting with so Radagascar and uh, and uh, uh, Squirrel Girl work together they find a lone uh, frost giant who's just been keeping out keeping to themselves kind of helps them by just propelling them as like a furball combination all the way across like the 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 way to to find this whole horde of of frost giants that are pretty much camping out um ultimately they trick them into thinking that they need to uh find a new world to 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 be a part of not just canada but just uh, just like work uh negotiations of land and uh, like property with laufey they and they actually end leaving going like well uh, the little tiny one raised some good points. The king will answer us, won't he? He will answer us and he will fall. Any ruler must rely on the consent of the people in the order of who they govern. <laughs> he can ignore one of us, but he can't ignore all of us. Come, my brethren, and spread the word. For, for today, the frost giants march on Jotunheim. And they leave and they just go, yeah, they leave America. They, they, they go to. Interesting. So she unionizes the frost giant. Yes. Squirrel Girl and Radagaskar unionize the frost giants to pretty much leave America. Are you sure that she's Canadian? She sounds like a real New Yorker. Well, I mean, it's like all, all of North America. She's pro, she's pro union. She is pro union. I get it. She said it'll work for the MTA. (laughs) (laughs) uh it ends pretty much of just loki coming back explaining what happens and uh now that radic uh radisar is uh let loose and has a human form now uh she is she is pretty much being a news reporter on on what's um, what's been going on and uh uh, lives on midgard for doing so and that's and it ends with and it was with her telling about the the parliament uh, and the corruption that happens uh from from the event uh leaving her out to be uh possibly to cause chaos again in the squirrel girl um uh run or or not and that's uh that's unbeatable squirrel girl 43 through 46 nice yeah that's that is wow that's really interesting actually Yeah. (laughs) yeah Uh, I, 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 Final Thoughts was just, it's just such a cute little, um, it's a cute book. It's really funny. Uh, like I said, the best part for me was just like Loki uh, and, and, uh, and just seeing this, uh, just Scorgo, uh hang around with an Asgardian guard, uh, Asgardian god that, uh, that really isn't like mentioned in any of the Thor books, but like, it's just like fun. Um, yeah. Definitely check it out if you get the chance. Um, and I do recommend uh, The Unbeatable Score Girl by Ryan North and uh, Erica Hedrickson. Hedrickson? Yeah, something Anderson? like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Check those out. It's very cool. Ah, sure. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. Well, I think it's really interesting that all of us picked I, uh, Frost Giant centric stuff. It's really <laughs> yeah. funny because. My tie-in is coming to you live from San Francisco with the Superior Spider-Man tie-ins. Two-part tie-in. <laughs> the two-part tie-in, um, issues seven and eight. Uh, the book is written by Christos Gage with art by Lan, Mal- or Lan Medina. 
And this was not the original Superior Spider-Man run. This was Sp Superior Spider-Man 2, where Otto Octavius got a second chance on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I oh, love yeah. this Very book good death. book. That was... Very good book. Under Underserved and did not last as long as it should have. Should have lasted a lot be longer. <laughs> and don't you think I'm not going to talk about it at some point? Because I will. Yeah. So... We pick up in San Francisco in Superior Spider-Man's neck of the woods, and it looks like he's killing people. He yeah. just straight up rolls up and disintegrates this homeless man. That was pretty rough. I'm going to say that reading this. But as we come <laughs> to find out, all is not what it appears, because in fact, he was just teleporting him to safety. Or his version of safety, basically putting the entire the entire population of san francisco out of phase with reality so that they were essentially just trapped in a ghost dimension he has no idea about any kind of negative side effects <laughs> and he's like i'll get him back at some point i guess and as he's trying to make his way through taking out the frost giants in san francisco he realizes he needs more help so he goes back to horizon university and finds that down in los angeles they're having some troubles of their own however they've also got protectors that being the west coast avengers Woo. i love this west coast avengers run uh tell kelly thompson stefano caselli so freaking good so freaking good and this team includes both Hawkeyes, uh -huh. uh, Gwenpool, which yeah. is fun, um, <laughs> Ramon and Johnny Watts, a.k.a. Alloy and Fuse. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not British Quentin Choir. And Oy. America Chavez, <laughs> which is what the one that... Which is the one that really catches Otto's eye because he's like, wait a second. This whole thing is realms and different dimensions. She can travel in different dimensions. I got to get down to LA. And so he shows up right in the middle of this battle. However, you will notice that uh, Kate Bishop isn't there because she is, in fact, in another book. I believe that's the um, Journey the into Mystery. Journey into Mystery. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. where Miles is as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which comes up later in a Thor tie-in. That's them, uh, this is team of heroes going to, led by Balder. Uh, mm -hmm. Your boy, Jacob. Find, oh, yeah. Um, is it Freya's kid? I think so. Freya's, like, young baby. Young baby. Young baby. Odin's been busy. The baby. <laughs> and so the, the team is pretty fairly well handling themselves however they get a little dose of uh reinforcements when superior spider-man shows up and i forgot but it makes me so happy that his webs make the thwap sound instead of thwip. yeah yeah it's just so satisfying they sound more aggressive <laughs> it's it just sounds aggressive thwap thwap yeah i love it and so they decide to team up because <laughs> more frost giants have arrived. And so uh, Superior Spider-Man is immediately just like, okay, I'm taking charge here. And everyone's like, no, we don't, we're not doing this. And then Gwenpool has this amazing moment where she just goes, 
hold on that's not how this works because otto's whole thing is like we're you are gonna take us to svartalfheim and we're gonna go kill malekith period like we're the main characters and gwenpool goes nah, that's not how it works it's a crossover event and we're an ancillary tie-in we do our little part of the story score a small victory and then go back to our regular narratives trust me this is how you want it the other option is we die tragically to show how high the stakes are <laughs> i love that that's so, it's so good especially in an event that literally kills off valkyrie and yeah. all of the Valkyries that Valkyrie is starring in, <laughs> because she's dead. Uh, and she's like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't have anything. I don't think we have anything to worry about. That usually happens when to newer characters the writers didn't grow up with or legacy characters whose freshness is worn off. You know, ones who were created as hipper, edgier versions of previously existing characters, but just end up making fans want the originals back. And then there's this awkward pause. <laughs> Where Gwenpool realizes who she is, who yeah. Superior Spider-Man is, <laughs> and she's like, okay, maybe we should hide. <laughs> it's so good. Really Gwen, good. Have, have either of you guys read the main Gwenpool book? No. No. It's I've never been it. interested in it. Is it? Yeah. Honestly, it's well worth reading. Okay. It's, it's like 20-something issues. The first like two story arcs are like, oh, like this is pretty fun. It's pretty light. It's a lot of like this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to a really serious place. Oh. Like a very underlying serious place of her questioning her existence and questioning what's the point of her being there. Oh, shit. And it's yeah. really interesting. So oh. so she's more of an uh, existential, like if, like, uh, like if Harley Quinn was Deadpool, basically. She is from the real world. Okay. She is from our world. And she gets teleported into the world of Marvel Comics, and she's a big Marvel Comics fan. And so she she knows everybody's like identities and stuff because she reads Marvel Comics. Oh. Like she's the first person like on the page who knows that uh that Jane Foster is Thor. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's super fun. It's a fun dynamic. She she comes to the world and she's like, okay, I'm gonna be a hero, but then winds up being in a like league with a bunch of villains, like Batchock becomes like one of her friends and stuff, and she's working for Modoc and it's very confusing. And then she yeah, goes on this weird existential crisis. And That's the last awesome. like two issues are really wonderful and really poignant. It's it's a great book. It's actually like a great book. I'll have to check it out. Malcolm has never missed when recommending stuff to me. So go, go Power Rangers. <laughs> so they decide, okay, we're going to take the fight to them. We're going to be the heroes. So they teleport to New York and immediately they realize, oh shit, like there's already stuff going on here. Gwenpool says, definitely a crossover, gratuitous guest star. And now here comes a giant battle scene as they come across the Fantastic <laughs> Four fighting the Frost Giants. And so they team up with the Fantastic Four for part two, which is uh, Spear Spider-Man issue eight. And as they are um, fighting in New York, Otto is grappling with this idea that he's not the main character. And I love this. Yeah. This is the reason that I love this tie-in so much. Otto realizing that he has main character syndrome is so funny. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's also like that whole idea of like, if we were in this situation, we, you know, as people would be like, no, like I need to solve this. Like, this is a problem that I can solve. And the fact that he can only be, you know, a supporting player in this eats him 
up. Yeah. Because they go, they're like, all right, so the battle's not in New York. We got to go to these other realms. So they decide, okay, we're going to Svartalfheim. And they pop in right before all of the uh, shit goes down at the Black Bifrost. They zoom out and pop into Jotunheim, right in the middle of the Frost Giants story, where uh, the Warriors 5 are trying to make their <laughs> way through. And they're like, hey, guys, like, we've got a we got it handled here like you can go and even like peter has to be like look dude like i get it man but you gotta do like he says um he says trust me i've been in a lot of these things the only way we win is by working as a team sometimes that means you're on the front lines and sometimes it means you're getting the whole fresh pants sometimes you're punching out thanos and sometimes you're fighting henchman number two in a chucky e. cheese whatever it takes you do it because it's not about you it's about doing the most good you trust your buddies, you trust your plan, and you do your job. And I just, I love that. I, really, I love really... Peter and Ock actually interacting while both of them are Spider-Man. That was one of the best parts of this book. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That was like, that was, was something that I didn't know get, I needed. Yeah, you, you actually get like Peter walking him down this path. Like, okay, listen, there's a better path here. Like you, Guiding you him. Be a hero. Yeah. Eric, this is why I think you I know you hate that cartoon, man, but I think you'd like that cartoon. Uh, uh, because uh, the superior Spider-Man stuff, like after that, it's just this. Yeah. It's uh, just this of like Pete and Ock like working together and Pete being the only person who believes that like Ock actually is kind of changed. I don't know, man. Cool. I'll I'll, th- it's I'll think so about it. Good. Think about it. I got burned on that on that cartoon, but it's so, so good. Everyone's basically like, look, we got to get out of here. And again, it's Gwenpool giving Otto the moment where she's like, look, I'll tell you something. I've been paying attention to the red shirts, the background players, or the background extras, the day players. They're people too, even if the powers that be don't think of them that way. Talking about the random civilians that are drawn into these books. Mm-hmm. She says, if in this whole war, all you do is save one guy, you're the most important person in that guy's world. And Otto goes with them. And then we get this great scene in Ventura, California, which I was in not too long ago, of this family trying to escape. And uh, shout out to Chuck and Kathy, who celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. They're wonderful. And so... They're trying to escape this family and they're stopped by a frost giant. However, he is beset upon by teenagers with attitude. And as they start to pull everybody out, the mom is like, look, thank you so much. If you hadn't been here, Otto says, Madam, it is my honor. He has made that character progression. And he says, do not fear. Take, do not fear, sir. Take your family to shelter. We shall not abandon you in your hour of need and let up and tell others you meet that they have champions. They shall know us by our battle cry. Avengers assemble. And he leads the West Coast Avengers back into the city to fight the Frost Giants. I just I love it. I really, really love it. It's so great, good. Great stuff. I, I really love uh, Gwenpool giving Ock the uh, the Batman and Justice League 2017 speech. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. 
You mean according to save Warner Brothers Discovery, the only Justice League film? Save, save, save one person. If you save one, then you would just move on and save the next one. <laughs> that is actually not a bad impression. Doing Thanks. the voice modulating. Thanks. Well sounds done. Like, sounds well like done. butts. Like <laughs> correctly <laughs> did like that sound. Butts. Save one. So back into the main meat of the story. We cut to Thor 13, the Whoa! ballad of Kal Borson, God okay. of Fear. This is one of the best one shots. This too. Well. This is so good. Wait, which one is this again? Sorry. This is like... Thor 13. Thor 13. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we pop up in Svartalfheim, Realm of the Dark Elves, as we see Kull about to go uh, Venom Snake on a bunch of kids in a mine. And mm-hmm. as it cuts back, we get some backstory with young Odin and Kull. And Cole's uh-huh. always been a little dark-haired, greasy kid, hasn't he? Hmm. They remind me of two other brothers I know. Uh, the Hemsworths. Yeah. Yes. Chris. Yeah. 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 And uh, Liam's slimy. He is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so um, we see that Odin is tricked by his brother to try and pick up a large hammer to try and hit him with because he says... You hit me with a weapon and I'll hit you with a weapon. And as Odin exhausts himself trying to pick up the biggest, biggest weapon, Kull goes in and feeds him some utter bullshit, dipping into his deepest, darkest fears and leaving him a crying wreck in the armory. I love that. Because I use the greatest weapon. It's, <laughs> uh, it is. Fear, bitch. <laughs> Many years later, we see a little flashback of Odin fighting Kull as uh, Kull tried to take ownership of Asgard. Odin dismantled him. And then months ago, we get another quick flashback to the debut of the Mighty Thor and Kull Borson making a deal with Malekith that he would keep Odin occupied while Malekith left Asgard alone. It's fucked up. So now Ooh. we know this entire time why Odin hasn't done anything. It's not just his stubbornness, it was someone in his ear telling him. And so now, Svartalfheim days ago. That is that is real quick, sorry. That is that is exactly like the steward of Gondor from Lord of the Rings. Yes, one hundred percent. Slither groan or the slither tongue or whatever was like talking to him. Oh my god! I just, I just had that realization. Oh my god! There's a lot of Lord of the Rings and uh, Game of Thrones DNA in this. (laughs) And so we see that Kull has infiltrated the realm of Svartalfheim and has discovered that the Black Bifrost is uh, powered by these gems, these glowing mushrooms that are being mined by these poor children. And as he goes in there, he goes to basically use these mushrooms that pack a whole big of a wallop to destroy the Black Bifrost. And as the alarm sounds that 
you know, there's an intruder in here. Call goes to leave and the kids are like, dude, don't leave us here. And call makes a decision. He frees the kids. He breaks the chains and he leads them out of the cave. Fucking cool. Call becoming a hero. Call becoming a hero. Becoming Boromir for a split second here. Yes. Bor- absolutely becoming Boromir. <laughs> he is the Boromir of the yeah. story. You're right. Yeah. And the kids are trying to like escape. He's getting stabbed. He's getting arrow shot into him. And he's and he gives us this great um <sighs> this iconic fucking monologue where yeah. he says, um uh, and then one day you face one of those moments, those pivotal seconds that outweigh all the rest. And much to your own surprise, you choose to be what you see in the eyes of some children. Cull, the breaker of chains. Cull, the god of love. A love worth slaughtering for. Of course, love isn't without its agonies. A pain that makes you scream sometimes. That makes you lose yourself in all the worst and best of ways. That makes you bold and fragile and completely unstoppable. Love is a roaring joy and paralyzing fear and unimaginable suffering. And God's help my wretched heart. Why did I wait so damn long to find it? The kids are able to make their way out of the mine safely and call. (sighs) Call says... I think I came to life for the, I I think I came here to live for the brief moment at least. And the name that you may scream on your way to elf hell is Cull Borson. And he takes his axe and he buries it into the glowing mushrooms and they explode. And with a Seth Rogen laugh, The explosion rocks the mind, destroying it. The kids are distraught, and he sacrificed himself for those kids. Days later, we catch up to Malcolm's uh, Svartalfheim uh, strike force, where Freya, who has now taken the powers of the Black Bifrost, is ripping through these guys. And at the last minute, as an archer or a volley of archers is about to bury some arrows into her from afar. They are attacked by the kids wielding Cull's axe saying death to the war, death to the old ways. We want the realm and we want it now in the name of Cull, in the name of Cull. The fucking goonies, the fucking lost boys jump out. (laughs) It's so cool, man. The stranger things kids just come out of nowhere. Yes. It's so cool. Hellfire Club. Hellfire Club. It's the best. It's so cool. It's really cool. And so now we cut back over for a while to the main War of the Realms book. Chapter four, War of the Realms, The Stand at the Black Bridge. We see in Alfheim that our good queen of Alfheim, uh, the scarred queen Featherwine, is there trying to uh, pick up the pieces, and she's accompanied by Sir Ivory Honeyshot, our boy, 
I know mm-hmm. she's scarred, but she just looks like when like white kids like drink like fruit punch and they just have like the red ring of death around their mouth. She <laughs> like that. I thought she just looked like you know in all of those uh, all those cartoons when someone's like doing their lipstick and then like an earthquake happens and then the lipstick goes yeah. off to the side. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we see the black bifrost open up and Frank Castle steps out saying <laughs> hold your fire i'm no damn elf and i'm like I fucking for elf. sure bro so, you know you a troll dog he's a big boy he's a big boy and so frank says i'm here on lady freya's behalf and freya has sent the rest of her strike team throughout the realms to get some backup hell yeah back at the bifrost um, they are trying to grapple with the fact that they have basically been shut off and they just have to do what they can from Asgard. Uh, Freya is cutting through some more people as we see everyone trying to get stuff done over in uh, Nidavellir. We see the Hulk rallying the dwarves, so which is sick. amazing. Big war. Dwarves follow Hulk. Dwarves smash. And one of the dwarves is like, this one is quite the motivational speech. The other one is like Stonefoot must must have cave dusted eye. <laughs> like he's crying. Oh my god. It's so it's, good. It's so, so good. In Vanaheim, Blade has scrounged up the remaining uh, Vanaheim warlocks and druids and is bringing them to Midgard. Niflheim. Uh, r- real quick, uh, Dodderman draws a very hot blade. He yeah. does. Boy, does he. Oh, yeah. Boy. That mouth. He- in Niflheim uh, we see Ghost Rider leading the spiders of hell which still makes my skin crawl and in Jotunheim we see everyone escaping with Spider-Man giving the classic line hey Lego my Logan (laughs) in Midgard we see that everyone is returned safely so to speak uh, Black Panther and Thori are cleaning house over at Avengers Tower. And Shuri is able to get the Celestial online, at least the defense capabilities online, to protect their uh, their battle command center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Odin has woken up, and Freya is trapped in Svartalfheim uh, because she has to hold the Black Bifrost. We see in China... Uh, Captain Marvel and the agents of Atlas, including Shang-Chi, Silk, and Arrow, are holding the line against Cinder and the uh, other fire goblins. Hell yeah! Yeah. We see, again, some folks have on made away the flag. Tango Squadron over the Hudson. Coming in hot, firing at the uh, Frost Giants to no effect. Yep. And we see... Maverick. (laughs) <laughs> a poor bastard goose <laughs> and we come to Malekith who has taken a very special prisoner Venom Venom and t- Venom and sounds taken- like he didn't know what was going to hit him He, it, it was just adrenaline momentum that brought him to <laughs> battle adrenaline momentum and as we see he has been brought to Stonehenge because oh Malekith Malekith want that symbiote. He want that symbiote bad. Meanwhile, 
uh, we see that Odin is trying to find his wife who has been stranded in Svartalfheim. He's like, I'm going back for her. And they're and at that exact moment, Screwbeard and Tony Stark roll up and they're like, hey, we made you something. Freya is just fighting her heart out. However, Malekith returns and is about to strike her a killing blow when Odin Borson, the Iron All-Father, All shows up. What a sick-ass design. I love the Holy Deathstrokeification shit. of Odin. Yes. Hell yeah. That Hell yeah. helmet with the one eye and the design of the braids in the beard. It's so tight. Looks Coming so in cool. with the Air Force One Harrison Ford line almost just like, get the hell away from my wife. Yes. Love it. Love it. Oh, he so, would have been a good Odin. He would have. Oh, he knows yeah. how to be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and so they continue <laughs> to fight. <laughs> And so they continue to fight. They realize, okay, you know, they're on the other side. Everyone's here. We got to stop them where they are. Let's blow up this Bifrost. And they have this great moment where the the fire is rekindled in them. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Bro. Oh my God. Right yes. up. This and she, she's me. like, at one point, she's like, for thousands of years, we've been married and you wait until now to finally do it. And Odin's like, what in Boar's name has I done? Have I done, woman? And she goes, "Turn me on, you stupid bastard!" And they go back to fight. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so hot. sick. It's, it's so sick. They so they hot. they finally get on the same page for the first time in probably millennia ever, ever, <laughs> yeah. ever. And they say, "Never mind, hell lover. Kiss me now, you old fool." And the black Bifrost is destroyed. They Meanwhile, will not get that kiss. Ugh. Ah, so bad. Meanwhile, in Midgard, Avengers Mountain, we see the POV of someone stumbling out into the armory, where Punisher is just loading up these elves with guns. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Someone stumbles past him and sees on the wall the arm of the destroyer and reaches for it. All Mother Jane is basically rallying everybody like this is it we're gonna make a final push uh all of us together all around the globe we gotta end this here oh shit Avengers. she looks like mon mothma yes straight up she is mon that's mothma. what it is short haircut and all the short haircut and all she's mon mothma and Holy so shit. she goes with the oh. avengers in the lead we can and then we hear a nay there's only one who will lead this fight and his name is thor Thor having completed almost his future Thor look now bearing the destroyer arm. He's just missing one thing. One little thing. Mm. Chapter five, the world tree is burning. We cut up to the world tree burning in the sun as we see Daredevil, the God without fear and Thor basically up there to bargain with it. They don't know what's going on. Why is this world tree here? And Daredevil explains, like, when you chucked Mjolnir there, you didn't just, like, throw your hammer. You threw a seed. And so Thor is like, okay, cool. I know what I have to do. My dad did something similar. Nail me to the tree and don't come get me. I will find the secrets on how to win this war. Meanwhile, uh, in Wakanda... We get a quick cut from earlier where we see the cavalry showing up. 
Uh, this uh, this great little quartet here of Hildegard, Angela, Sif, and Okoye. I read that book so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, there's yeah. no world, word for grovel in our language, but there are 23 wor different words for fight, and you're about to hear them all. Welcome to Wakanda. Like, oh. It's so the cool. physical language that Russell Dodderman gives his characters, this pose that Okoye is in, is mm -hmm. so fucking cool and so confident. Like, he has such a specific physical language for everything. Yeah. Even down to, like, the warriors running up the building. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, Dude, uh, and the Dora Milaje versus the, the Angels of Heaven, like, give me that tie-in. Why wasn't that just, like, its own miniseries? Seriously. And so we see the Punisher roll up with his fucking decked out Aliens 2 elf brigade. Hell yeah. And they just start firing on everything. Um, the reinforcements have arrived. It is now time for the... It's it's time for the, um, the Battle of Gondor. Like that... Or no, Rivendell. The, the big Battle of yeah. Rivendell like... Yeah. Cavalry to arrive yeah we see everybody showing up all around the world there's this great moment of fucking dr strange hanging out the side of his best friend boar's ride as they are just cleaving <laughs> through shit <laughs> fucking oh god balder is just driving the uh the hell charger and he's just like uh he's like yes this is magnificent isn't it it's so cool and it's like <laughs> then he floors the accelerator and smells his own flesh burning like oh this is exactly where the king of hell wanted to be yeah spider is fighting spider-man is fighting with the literal spiders of hell uh we see jen got an upgrade i love that <laughs> in australia jen's got a crown and a hammer of her own she's taken yeah. the the hammer and the crown of the thunder guard and is going oh, after yeah. ulik all around the world, we see that they are being, you know, our heroes are being deployed. There's this great moment, too, where they're like, all service has been restored because communications were down. All your down networks are yours again. The hackers from Roxanne have just been hacked themselves. Uh, I do hope this helps. Um, my name is Brew, by the way. And I'm like, Brew! <laughs> my God. Because Jason Aaron loves Brew. Oh, and so God. do I, bitch. I Brew love rocks. me some Brew. Brew's this is a, great. This is adorable. <laughs> He's so you, good. Jacob, you're not familiar with Brew, are you? No, and I really and don't that's, care. That's, that's from Jason Aaron's... <laughs> the uh, Wolverine and the X-Men yeah. book, baby. Yeah. Brew is I a little brood. I love that book so he's, much. Like, he's the smartest brood. He's like... A genius brood. And he's the only one not connected to the hive mind. Yeah. yeah that's weird. Which really comes into play in Jonathan Hickman's. Weird. That's it sure fucking weird. does. God, I love him. So, meanwhile, in Antarctica, fucking Kazar deploys with another strike force uh, to take out uh, to take out Roxxon. And we see Kevin Feige turn into the Minotaur and fight <laughs> off Ross Solomon and Jane. Jane stabs him right in the fucking kidney, like right up into the torso. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's Jane and Ross together again. Jane is just so mad that doing that, best friend that, things. that Kevin did. He's just, she's just mad that she, that Kevin didn't release more on space six. That's all it was. That's, really what <laughs> she's like where's armor wars bitch where yeah. is it it was where announced 
Where's my sequels that I was expecting? Shit. I want Eternals too, goddammit. <laughs> what? She stabs him and just goes, is Spider-Man freshman year canon or not? <laughs> Tell us. God damn it. It's... <laughs> <laughs> what's happening with spider-man for fuck's sake stab <laughs> you promised me mutants where are the actual mutant movies <laughs> why is daredevil 18 episodes why 18 <laughs> you guys have problems with six why would you do 18 <laughs> he's just like ah oh, fuck i shouldn't have gone to hall h this year <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the multiverse saga name sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And so we cut to Asgard now. After Jane has presumably mounted Kevin Feige's head on a stick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's returned to Asgard because she doesn't want to just be Mon Mothma. She's like, I got to go be Cassian Andor. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And as Heimdall's like, okay, I don't know what you're what you're getting at there. I didn't watch Rogue One. She's like, look, I'm the All Mother. Asgard is mine, and so is everything on it. And as we get a shot. At the shambles. The shattered ultimate Mjolnir. And when I tell you, I forgot this. When Did I you? tell you. I completely forgot. I thought he was just from here straight to Valkyrie. Oh, no. I remember this real hard. This oh, is my favorite man. thing about Order Realms. <laughs> and so we cut to Shanghai earlier where we see Shang-Chi, Hawkeye, Shuri, the Warriors 3, and Wolverine also would read that book. Yeah, I love Wolverine joining the Warriors 3. <laughs> That, that I love Sandra right. just being like, can we keep him? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So sick. Uh, in Manhattan, we see Iron Man with his Iron Legion of Dwarves. It's so good. Fucking <laughs> taking it to the Frost Giants. Taking it to the street. Taking it to the street. A bunch of little war machines. It's so good. It's adorable. So good. They look like these kids. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, in London, we see Captains Britain and America fighting together. Hey. Hell yeah. And as Curse goes to protect the uh, war witches, th- uh, the Destroyer gets in on a little bit of the action. And there's a moment where we see Volstag off to the side saying, Warhammer calling, but not for me. Don't need Hammer. I am Volstag, the Destroyer. Because Volstag has taken charge of the destroyer and he is giving it to curse genius genius yes and so all across the world the tides are turning we are getting a second shot at this uh thor is leading the charge and we cut to now thor burning on the world tree in the sun and he is just ugh. he's Hot as hell. Mm-hmm. We it cut back. The- we cut back over to uh, to Stonehenge, and we find that Odin and Freya are alive. Thank God, but they are chained up just as Venom 
was. Mm-hmm. And we see the symbiote positively dripping off of Malekith as he begins torturing Odin and Freya. Back on Asgard, we see Jane saying, there must always be a Thor, and sometimes there must even be more than one. As she picks up ultimate Mjolnir, and we get chapter six, the storm of Thors. Thor is still pinned to the world tree, just absolutely burning. We see him give his eye for the knowledge on how to beat Malekith. But it wants something else. It wants the last piece of Mjolnir that Jane gave to him. He doesn't want to let it go. Then he finally decides, take it. Take it if it'll end this war. And we cut to untold eons from now. The Asgard at the end of time. And we see our girls! Frig, Frig, Elisiv, and Atli reading through the War of the Realms just like we are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they got the omnibus right there. Yeah, they, yeah, got, they the got the omnibus, omnibus that Jacob has. Just like yeah. Jacob. Oh my god. Real, w- real quick, someone another... on Etsy needs to do like a binding for that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. The real quick, also another gripe here with this omnibus. Welcome I back had... to Grinding My Gears with Jacob Brown, a podcast that a podcast where he talks about stuff that bothers them. Listen, oh. listeners, if you get this omnibus, you need to write a note to to marvel right now marvel you need to stop this you need to start putting fucking uh uh, page numbers at the bottom of these (laughs) omnibuy and you have to put these in order because fucking hell the checklist that eric gave me (laughs) i was like flipping i spent most of my time flipping through this book trying to find where i'm supposed to be next than actually reading the story that's (laughs) That's how much time it took for to get through this. So fuck you, Marvel. Get your shit together. Start putting it things all together in the right order and give us goddamn page numbers because uh, this is this is horse manure. It's horse shit. It's horse shit is what it is. Anyway, I'm done. And that was grinding my gears with Jacob Brown. Tune in, probably in a little bit. So they the goddesses of thunder are checking out the omnibus trying to just figure out the reading order like jacob said when all of a sudden time slide we see a again very krasinski mr fantastic yeah and the thing show up in the room i i'm sorry i'm sorry malcolm did not see it until i brought it up during this discussion now i'm just gonna keep seeing it and now he's gonna keep seeing it (laughs) donovan draws him like krasinski he just does crazy it's kind of funny (laughs) and so the two of them are there and they're like hey uh do you know where we could find and then all of a sudden we see our boy all father king thor ready for war back in the ruins of asgard we see the three Thors ride again because fuckboy Thor's here, baby. Yeah. yeah. God, oh, fuckboy yeah. Thor, like Russell Drotterman draws him so hot. Yeah. Like he is, he's like, I just left a sorority mixer for this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Like this is bullshit. Yeah. 
Like I have like so many brunettes numbers right now that are trying to get on my DMs and you are like ruining all of my vibe. You are really harshing my vibe, bro. I don't know what this is all about. Eric, this reading him this time, specifically when he when he calls old Thor half crippled old troll fart. Yeah. All I could hear was him being like Jamie Tart. Yes, bitch. <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh, he has real Jamie Tart energy. He is Jamie Tart. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is Jamie Tart. He that's who he full is. On Jamie Tart. And that's why <laughs> Old Man Thor is. He's here. He's there. He's, every he's every fucking, fucking where. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. And so <laughs> I love that we now begin to see the progression of modern Thor into who he will become. Mm-hmm. in old thor it's really cool it's really mm-hmm. cool and we find out that this team isn't just going to be three thors mm-hmm. no. we got four thors thor four more thors how fucked up that meal in there looks. dude it looks so, so good, good. Looks that is so awesome cool. maybe it's just because i love like the cracked aesthetic when it comes to weapons i like, like it for this i don't so like good. that current mjolnir has it in the comics i think it looks stupid yeah. Uh, it's, for this you know, it looks awesome I, corporate I synergy this. you know yeah. but this one as like a portmanteau of like this is now the Warhammer. yeah like i so I cool it. this I also it. this made me think like you know this is kind of what the the uh the broken mjolnir from the movie kind of like represents here is uh, uh in a way yeah in a way yeah. in a sense and same thing with like you know, Thor meeting Jane like this. I, I heard the same thing. Jane? Bragging? Like, yeah, it, it was really bad. He puts on the helmet and the fins extend, which is the fucking coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking hated that. So I know you so hate that costume. <laughs> it's so dumb. I mean, it's cool as shit. He only like fucking a... wears the helmet for a gag, for a for a single shot in the fucking It keeps trailer. putting them in the helmets for like a minute, and that it, really drives fucking, me crazy. Ugh. It looked like it looked like Japan had the rights for uh, Thor instead of Spider Man back in the day for like a split so second. He, he, yeah, yeah, he it, looks like he looks like a like a, a I don't know like a Figma figure. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely, he does. It's awesome. It's no, cool. not awesome. <laughs> so the four Thors, Thor four, more Thors, right off <laughs> into the lightning, and I love just. Jamie Tart Thor, riding Tooth Nasher. Drinking. Drinking. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I gotta get drunk before a battle. Damn right. Anytime I get close to my future selves, I got a fuck I got a fucking headache. Yeah. Gotta <laughs> yes. tell that headache down, bro. And so we see in New York the battle continues to rage. We see the sickest fucking thing, Captain Marvel wielding the Twilight Sword. Hell yeah, dude. Having felled the Queen of Cinders. So cool. And then we get the reveal that Laufey has the casket of ancient winters. No, yeah. He eats it and then begins to unleash icy hell on everyone. And the coolest fucking thing happens is the blizzard breach of Laufey roars with a cold beyond imagining. Every mortal in Midgard feels the frostbite deep in their souls. But the realm is guarded by more than just mortals and some gods don't freeze easy as fucking daredevil through the ice and the wind pulls up the sword and goes have it the son of jotunheim in the name of hell's kitchen 
so fuck it's so cool so So cool it's so cool it's so cool we come back to stonehenge and there's a rumble in the air they know he's coming and (laughs) 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 and malekith in his bob mackie symbiote suit (laughs) just (laughs) is fucking ready for him and as the Thors arrive, they are not here to fucking play. Let me tell you what. It is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, I am going to do something a little uh, off the beaten path. And I'm going to cut away. To Thor 16. To Thor 14. 14. To hell with hammers. Because I want to talk about my favorite tie-in of the entire thor series my favorite issue of the entire thor series yeah it's it's up there of the entire 2018 thor it is the best so we cut to many years ago we see jamie tart thor getting mad that he can't pick up the hammer i'm full i can't pick up the hammer can't pick up the hammer i used to be a part of the beatles i don't fucking care about no hammers (laughs) <laughs> i'm thor i'm jamie fucking thor, jamie fucking thor. and so God, jacob you you need to watch ted lasso grounded Nah, i'm good anyway me too <laughs> nah, so really. fuckboy thor is about to go smite some trolls when all of a sudden a very not john krasinski uh reed richards and ben Grimm show up and they are like, hey, look, we need you to come help us. And he's like, I don't fucking believe you. They're like, we figured, here's a goat. He's like, oh, shit, tooth grinder. All right, sweet, I'm in. He's not the brightest tool in the crayon box. Nah, that's fine. It doesn't have to be. Why do you have tools in a crayon And box? so we cut to now, the ruins of Asgard, <laughs> where the Thors have assembled... And young Thor is pissed. He's like, does everybody have a fucking hammer? And don't think I don't fucking remember you, bitch. He's pointing to Jane. He's like, I fucking remember. This is bullshit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, this fucking sucks. I'm out of here. And fucking King Thor has to pull him aside. It's just like, look, I get it. But we need to get together on this. He's like... We are outside our own timelines here. We've gone where even immortals were not meant to tread, which means our destinies are anything but assured. Any of us can die today. And fuckboy Thor's like, all right, cool. Let's let's die like Thor's then. And so everyone is just like, all right, let's go do this. And they all fly off. Which brings us to now. Midgard, Stonehenge, Fucking Malekith calling himself the Butcher of Thors. Oh, man. The nasty-ass tongue and shit. Looking fucking cool. Yep. Just fuck. Oh, God. The Venom Blade. The Venom Blade. The Symbiosword. And at this point, Null has been revealed. It is all of the symbiote stuff has been brought to light. So we know. So wait a minute. Is it just... Is it just Venom that's like he turned it into his mash yeah. with his yeah. mouth, he, mouth he took magic? The, he took the Venom symbiote and then turned it into what he's wearing. 
Okay, that's that's what I thought. I kept thinking he had the necro sword for some reason. No, 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 no. That's that's what yeah, I. He did not have the actual necro sword. Okay, so he he combined. That's it why with he doesn't neck. sound like necro Loki. <laughs> yeah, that that's why, that's why like he Null. still sounds like this. Yeah. <laughs> the symbiote of Null has been engorged by my magic. Call it the symbiote sword, the venom blade. Call it whatever you like. Just call me the butcher of Thor's. Yeah, he's so fucking dramatic. <laughs> he's he loves the drama, and All so everyone's that. fighting. Everyone's you know it's a ballroom blitz. Everybody was kung fu Mom. fighting. It's an incredible throwdown. And at a certain point, Malekith realizes, oh wait a second, there's time travel bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and Malekith steals one of Thor's hammers and turns it into the black hammer of the accursed. Again, metal as fuck. Fucking cool. And then go and then straight up just runs up to young Thor and goes, hey. You're you're the young Thor, right? He's like, damn right I am, bitch. And she's like, okay, great. Everyone kill him. And everyone's like, oh fuck, oh no. And uh everyone swore everyone is basically swarming uh fuckboy Thor. He's fighting his little Asgardian Viking heart out. But as he's getting attacked, he gets stabbed at one point, and all the Thors are feeling it. Which is interesting. It's very and very Doctor news. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's Stone also very it's Back like to the Future. The the it's yeah. It's like having the 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 first Doctor and then all of the new Doctors around. And it's just like oh shit, protect the old man. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the Thors are fighting. Um, Thor runs up to, or young Thor runs up to grab old Thor's Mjolnir. Still can't lift it. This poor bitch. Poor bitch. <laughs> and as he is kind of set off to, Jade picks him up and is just like, look, dude, like, take a rest for a second. Rest back here. We're going to keep fighting. And we see at a certain point, Freya, who has been freed, is attacked by this fucking Svartal Venom. This terrifying looking creature. Ugh. I don't like looking at it. It's like mm -hmm. the thing that really bothers me are the uh the hand mouths. Yeah. Like if you yes. want to creep me the fuck out, yeah. yes. Two hand mouths. Thank you. That's that why I don't a, like Morbius. That is yeah. a design that I'm like, uh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's that's purely why I don't like Morbius because animated Morbius in the '90s had the hand mouths. Yes, I think exactly. that's where it started for me, and that's ruined yeah. that character for me. I've never liked Morbius purely because of that. It's because yeah, they they couldn't have him biting because of yeah, biting people. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so they had to do it through, through the hand. Yeah, I exactly. fucking hate hand mouths so much. It's so crazy. This is some this is some Stranger Things shit. I don't like. Yeah, that. Oh yeah. yeah, this is some fucking Stranger Things slash I don't even know what. David Cronenberg? <laughs> this is some Ghibli yeah. shit. This, this is some real Ghibli Geiger shit. Oh man. Ugh. And so we we hear the uh the narration go, I hear the cries of my mother, and my father too, I suppose, and my mind goes red. Suddenly I no longer give a damn whether I die and take every other Thor along with me. My only thoughts are for the one parent who's always shown me love and compassion over the years, even when I didn't deserve it. Especially when I didn't deserve it. I think of her and I'm moving instinctually, punching her monstrous attacker over and over and over with all the power in my fists. Yet somehow, 
This feels different in some way that I can't quite put my finger on. And as he's beating the shit out of Svartal Venom, we see he's beating the shit out of him with Mjolnir. Fucking this cool. boy has yeah. finally become worthy. Yeah. Fucking worthy. Jamie Tot. Fucking worthy. <laughs> I fuck. Uh, when I tell you the first time I read this, I cried. Yeah. It was the culmination of a story from fucking 2012. Yeah, of his, of young Thor's story arc. It yes. all just wraps up in this. This is seven years in real time. Yeah. Telling yeah. this story. Yeah. Like, God damn, it's so good. Yeah. It's and really changes good. the mythos of when he lifts it for the first time, like later. Exactly. In the perfect way. Like, well, we'll get to the resolution of this, but like, it, it's a perfect, like, now it's a choice. Yep. It's and it gives so him great. way more agency and really interesting, man. And so we see uh, we see King Thor show up and give our bet give his best Kratos impression. Boy. <laughs> Axe in hand. And he's like, that mine? He's like, What is what? Yours. Oh. And he realizes he lifted the hammer. And it's this moment of catharsis for him where he's just like, it's not heavy. Like it's it's actually lighter than air. And it's him realizing his potential. And then saying, nah, trade you later, old man. And he hand he tosses him back the, the hammer, takes back Yarnbjorn, and goes to fucking work. Bringing us back to War of the Realms number six. In the midst of the battle, as the uh frost giant Laufey uh, is given the Avengers the business. Fucking Daredevil does his bank shot, trick shot bullshit to throw Heimdall's sword straight down his throat. And then he continues, and then Laufey continues to freeze everything. Uh, battle continues as we see uh, the other perspective of him gaining, of uh, uh, Malekith gaining the the hammer of the accursed and as they are fighting they start to hear rumbling and they're not sure what it is at first mm-hmm. but we get a quick shot from the sun as something leaves and enters orbit and sir ivory honeyshot gives us the line fire and ice in the beginning, there was only darkness. Then from the south came roaring fire, and from the north, swirling ice and mist. Do you know what this means, brother dwarf? And Screwbeard's like, now we burn to death instead of freeze. And he has a little beer. He has a little Letterkenny beer. <laughs> He's like, this is how life was created. This means something is about to be born. And as fire starts to rain down, we see thunk. Mjolnir. Fucking Mjolnir. With a handle made from the branch of the world tree. God, it's so cool. He says, I I haven't been wielding the God Tempest this entire time just so I could make it rain. I used it for forging. And we see for the very first time in the 616 Thor continuity, the new enchantment, whosoever holds this hammer, if they be worthy shall possess the power of Thor. I fucking love it. 
I love it so much. So good. It's real good. It's so good. <laughs> and so we see Thor finally take his place. And he says, I hope I never feel worthy again for as long as I live. It's only the struggle that counts. Gore was right. That knowing that is what makes me strong. Not the hammers, not the thunder, what I truly am. Malekith, now and forevermore, is the god of the unworthy. Unbelievable. This is the thesis statement of the whole Thor run. Uh-huh. It's gods earning their worth. Uh-huh. Not just by their title, but by their deeds. Perfect. Fucking perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. And he strikes down Malekith, ending the War of the Realms. Back in Manhattan, we see as uh, Laufey is about to bring on a new Ice Age. A new Ice Age! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks, Guru. Everybody chill. Ice to meet you. Ice to meet you. Uh, the Warhammer flies in, knocking off his eyeball. And then all of a sudden a sword sticks out of his gullet, carves around, and kills Laufey. And stepping out of that stomach, holding the casket of Winters and the sword of Heimdall, it's ya boy, Loki uh-huh. Laufeyson. Loki. Uh, Fuckboy Thor chops off Malekith's arm, uh, and he's just thrashing at this point. He has been backed into a corner, he's lost, and he just... He's like, no, no, the war must never end. I lost 12 brothers and a father and a dozen uncles. I was sold by my own mother because of war. I turned the 10 realms to ruin. There must always be war for without war. What, what would I? No, no, my armies may be lost, but I am still the Lord of the wild hunt. Dogs obey your master. Tear the thaws to bloody ribbons. And then they point out something the other thors do say they can smell your fear he says i am malekith the accursed king of the dark elves i i laugh in the the face of fear as he turns and sees all of his pets from the wild hunt leering over him and they rip this boy to shreds turning on him again not unlike in game of thrones uh-huh with uh what's his what's his face the mad ramsey bolton ramsey bolton being killed by his dogs the dothraki the only the only way to kill that motherfucker anyway back to basically everything is wrapping up everyone's you know doing that everyone's doing that cheering thing we got the nice like yub nub sound going on <laughs> da, 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 yup, nup. as you know fireworks are spreading throughout the realms Coruscant's like yeah that was there <laughs> with fucking uh with fucking Jar Jar going he's over <laughs> 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 I don't, uh, I don't, 
I don't accept that music. It's it's yub nub or nothing for me. Uh, but as we see the Warhammer returning to Jane, we see it become something else. And I completely forgot, completely forgot. that this is what happened. Uh-huh. That's how I remember it. Because I was like, oh, because it comes right out of that. Yeah. I honestly thought it was going to be Gungnir, the 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 staff of Odin that she was wielding oh, for most of it. Because I, I forgot. That. I can see that. But no. because I've been Wait. wondering since it's been so long since I've read this, like what happened to Ultimate Mjolnir? Like are yeah. the pieces still there? And like, no, the Ultimate Mjolnir became something new. Uh-huh. Uh, we uh-huh. see everyone basically across the realms signaling the end of the war and odin comes to thor he says now you may call me your loyal subject and i'll call you what you deserve all hail the rightful lord of asgard savior of the realms all hail all father thor and odin kneels to thor amazing so freaking good but it's not done yet that's i know it's not done yet we get a quick little uh omega issue um it was hidden so we're not going to spend too much time on it i'm just going to go over the major beats of the omega issue just to let you know because it it has bearing on stuff uh the first story is between um heimdall and daredevil it's basically a collection of stories uh heimdall and daredevil meet up where daredevil has basically like held on to heimdall's sword for this whole time because he doesn't know if he wants to give it up because he's like there's so much good that can be done knowing what i know with this and so the two of them decide let's look out into the realms one last time and so we see jane foster among the bodies of the valkyries uh she's visited by lisa halloran who they have bonded because they've each dated someone superpowered. I can't remember who Lisa dated, but two of them have bonded over this. And Jane says that Jane gives us the recap. And I love this. Fuck it. There's this great like panel where it's just showing Jane in the history of ultimate Mjolnir. It looks so good. It shows all the previous wielders and she says now i can i can feel it it's something it's something different and then thor rolls up he says like no i i need your help all valhalla is no more like there's no one there to you know do anything and he's like i would have given anything to see you rise again and then all of a sudden as they look over the body of brunhild this bright light envelops the room as the spirit of the valkyrie rises and asks jane will you fight for both or will you stand between the worlds of the living and the dead will you fight for both with equal courage with under yarn the all weapon upon your arm will you be as feared as death as needed as rest as strong as grief will you bear our name jane foster jane takes a moment and says it's the job i need to do and jane foster is named the valkyrie hell yeah yeah given this just amazing design great redesign and i love i i completely forgot about this but i love 
that the ultimate Mjolnir lives on in under yarn. Uh-huh. The all weapon. And if I ever get to write a Marvel comic story, I'm going to do something with that. Ah, uh, man. I need to hear that pitch off, off my... So, He's the only one who can go to the Ultimate Universe. That's oh, it. shit. Okay. Well, there it Boiler. is. Spoiler. So uh, the winged spirits of the Valkyries ride off to Valhalla, and Jane Foster takes her role on Midgard as the Valkyrie. Uh, in another story we see in Jotunheim, um, Loki is back, and he is taking charge of the entire realm. He comes into conflict with uh, some frost giants who aren't super happy about that while they bully Dirf. And Dirf is a small, uh, small, very small frost giant child, smaller than Loki was. And Loki gives him the, basically says, he's under my protection, he's my guy now, and he's going to be my representative here. And so Loki's book is started off. We get a quick cut back to New York City where Frank Castle is patrolling the streets, dealing with rioters and torching uh, Frost Ryan and troll bodies for people who are hungry. Uh, he comes across this one of these demon dogs at one point, just blows its head off. And then he uh, runs into some Asgardian warriors who are just drinking and reveling. And he's like, job's not done. Like, what are you guys partying for? And then Thor shows up, accosts his his guardians, says basically the same thing. And then he says, look, do you need our help? And Frank Castle says, no, there's, there's killers. So I need to go deal with this. And he goes and he meets with one of the fathers of a child who was killed. And he says, I'm going to continue hunting. I'm going to continue hunting and trying to save these people. And, you know, there are still all kinds of beasts from all over the realms trapped on Midgard. I am going to end them all. And the father says, okay, but I want you to meet some folks in the van here. They're in the same boat that I am. Punisher opens the van. It's a bunch of kids orphaned by the war, which leads us to Punisher Kill Crew. Uh And then finally it wraps up with uh, Daredevil and Heimdall. Heimdall gives him... Eskrima sticks made from pieces of Yggdrasil. The fact that this just hasn't been followed up on really fucking grinds my gears. So continuity reason, I think. I think that all this takes place right before Zdarsky's run. But Zdarsky's run is directly after Soul's run. It's it is. I like to think that this takes place like right after Soul's run. Or right after Man Without Fear, I guess, where he learns to be Daredevil again. Yeah. And then it's this. And then it's Zdarsky's run. That's the only way to really fit it into continuity. Uh, so after this, then he kills the dude. And then, you know. It's difficult. It's difficult to fit in because Zdarsky's run just started right when this happened. Yeah. And he wasn't Daredevil. So, like, it's hard to fit in. Yeah. Either way. Uh, the two of them decide, okay, we're going to go out for one last night of answering prayers around New York and saving people. And so the two of them jump into action. So I really like all of these stories. Uh, Jason Aaron draws the, or draws, Jason Aaron writes the uh, Daredevil and Heimdall story with art by Ron Garney. Uh, the Jane story is written by Al Ewing and Jason Aaron with art by Kafu. 
Uh, Born Small, the Loki story is written by Daniel Kibblesmith with art by Oscar Bazaldua. And then The War Orphans lead into Punisher Kill Crew is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Ivan Ferreira. Which brings us to the final two chapters of this story. Starting off with Thor number 15, War's End. War of the Realms is over. We see Odin kneeling before Thor and Thor's just like, I've... I, I, um, and then he just nopes out of there, just immediately leaves. And so <laughs> we see, um, there's this great moment where Odin's just like fucking ridiculous. And King Thor helps him up. And he's like, don't take your son's rejection too hard. He's had a tough war. Give him a while to come around. And Odin's like, huh, boy gave his eye for wisdom. Perhaps he should have given them both for all these. And then he looks at King Thor for the first time and goes, the fuck are you <laughs> like i just i love that i, I love it. absolutely love that so funny um we see that uh queen of cinders is brought to the to a prison beneath yggdrasil along with the other generals of the war loki taking charge of uh jotunheim and then and then in the land of the dead the realm of niflheim malekith yeah. arrives in the shore of corpses and who's there to greet him oh it's just the queen bitches of hell yeah baby hella and carnilla are there and they say oh you know just so you know when they tore you apart all of your pets died so they're here too and malekith's just like are you fucking serious you're just gonna keep telling me apart again cool whatever i don't give a shit they're like oh no just so you know, not all of you, you know, the, all of you came down, but you're not the only part of you that's here. And then we see that poor war orphan, Malekith, during the Svartalfheim Nidavellir War. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, no, hold on, wait. As the, do- as the dogs, as Malekith's hounds surround him. And he's like, no, 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 you can't. That's, that's the only piece of me. And... We cut back to Asgard, where Thor has this conversation with himself and with Mjolnir as the other Thors arrive to basically give him a pep talk, let him know, like, look, I get it, but this is your story now. This is what's what's meant to happen. Odin and Freya arrive, and Odin fucking hugs all of the Thors. I love it. Because Odin is proud of you, Thor. In the name of all the gods, I am proud of my son. Ah! Ah! I cried. It's so good. I love it. And so we see everyone in their moments getting, you know, basically ready for the next step, the next phase of their lives. And Odin does this moment where he's just like, uh, he says, uh, we will make Asgard the golden realm eternal once again. And Thor says, if I'm to be the Allfather, we will make this realm something new. And Odin's like, oh, okay, but you don't, you, you're not going to change all of it, right? Not going to change all of it, right? We're, just, we're still going to keep the foosball table, right? <laughs> and Freya's like, no, no, no it's, just, it's his now. It's his room now. And so Thor makes the promise that he's going to bring all the, all the gods home while Malekith 
with his eyes stitched open, is forced to watch as the hounds that served him in the wild hunt surround his innocent child self and play with him as his pets. Because they're puppies now. For all eternity. And Malekith is forced to watch. Poetic justice. So sick. Poetic justice. The version of himself that he held so high as the reason why he loves war is now to spend an eternity frolicking in the fields with puppies. Yeah. I fucking love it. I love That's it. Some so clockwork much. orange shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's really but, good. But but better. But but yeah. happier in a way. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's it's happier. And then we get our final chapter. Thor number 16. Once upon a time in Asgard. I love this cover. I absolutely love this cover. Great cover. Everyone brought together for a little photo. It's just so cool. <laughs> And we see in Midgard, in good old Mississippi, uh, Mac Miller is making a church. You knew I'd bring it back. Um, (laughs) I could not think it the whole time. (laughs) Thor is helping to rebuild. And there's this great moment where the pastor's talking to him about, he's like, look, I'm just, I'm happy you're here. And Thor says, you do good work in your community, pastor, helping people in need no matter their race, religion, or sexual identity, we need more churches like yours. And yes, I'll mm-hmm. just say it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, we see in Asgard, there's a large feast. There's a large feast being held in Thor's honor. Except Thor isn't there. He is doing... My favorite thing that Superman has done. Yes. And the one that really caught my eye or what it really made me think of. There is an episode of Dragon Ball Z at the end of the Boo Saga when everyone is like, oh, we made it. It's great. Like everything survived. We're throwing a party. Where is he? Where Mm -hmm. is he? And the entire story, the entire B plot, or really, I guess the A plot of the episode is Goku trying to get this little baby dinosaur back to its parents. Uh Oh, yeah. And he shows up just at the end like, hey, oh, hey, what I miss? And everyone's just happy that he's there. Yeah. And that's very much what this feels like. Yeah. Good call. Um, Across the realms, we see that Yggdrasil is blooming. We see that the... uh, Congress of Worlds is reconvening and the new representative, the new senator for Midgard, Senator T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Makes sense. Man wears a lot of hats. Man wears a lot of hats. He's busy. So it should be, you know? Yeah. We see in Lower Asgard that the trolls in exchange for Sanctuary have been tasked with rebuilding and they're being overseen by another miniseries that I need to read. Beta Ray Bill, Throg, and Thori. Oh man, that that that's a book. That is a book right there. Thori knows peace now. Thori knows peace. Ah, oh, so good. Uh, we see the Warriors Three. 
uh, Fandral, Hogan, and uh, Hildegard are looking over the prisoners in the uh, root dungeons of the World Tree. We see that Kevin Feige has been brought up under charges of being part of all of this. As and well as got off. Got off. Just you know, like he does. Mm-hmm. Has that Disney money. Yeah, he pinned mm-hmm. it on a Warner Brothers Discovery instead. It makes sense. <laughs> it was like, hey, I knew their dirty laundry. Yeah. He's like, look, oh I may have brought war to our peaceful world, but they canceled Batgirl. They canceled Batgirl. They canceled and Batgirl. Scoob too. Mm-hmm. And they both were done. Electric Scoobaloo. They took <laughs> Moonshot off of HBO Max. So who's the real villain here? And everyone's like, oh my God, he's right. Mm-hmm. And they rushed <laughs> down Burbank Boulevard towards uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. And then they and then he released Alex Jones's uh, text history. It's been a wild week. <laughs> I can't believe oh this. Oh my god! Like, it's it's been kind of wild. Uh, there's this moment I need to talk to you guys about this because in Australia, Thor is just like okay, human organ for transplant. He's like perfect match for a heart transplant. If you can get to Sydney in time, there's a chance that we can save the girl's life. Everyone watched that Young Justice episode. It's one of the best episodes of the entire show. There was a point made that too much jostling could spoil the heart, a.k.a. could cause it to die. And he says, you know, it's almost 4,000 kilometers away. Thor links the box to Mjolnir and just whips it out into the sky. And I'm like... Did he make it? Did he? I mean, come on. Really? That thing went into space. Let's be real. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. I want to believe that it made it there. Yeah. But come on. Meanwhile, in in Svartalfine, we get the perfect ending for Scumtongue the Tongueless. Mm -hmm. He's pulled up in a dark elf house. He's got hostages. And who's there? Lady Viseria and the motherfucking League of Realms. Yes! Yep. With It's our D&D party! <laughs> it's our D&D party writing again. We've got Sir Honeyshot, we've got Ood, we've got Screwbeard, we've got Bloodrot, we've got someone else from, I'm assuming, Heaven? Or maybe one of the fairies? A pixie? I'm not sure, but we've got Lady Viseria and leading the charge. Balder the Brave. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, In Asgard, back in Asgard, everyone's just like, what the fuck? Where'd he go? What's he doing? (laughs) What the hell? As the other two Thors are brought to Loki, who says, I want to give you guys a present. And they're just like, I don't really want it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you do. Trust me, trust me. You know your goat tooth grinder? Yeah. Well, here's Tooth Nasher, bitch, and he revives Tooth Nasher. The wrong has been righted. Both the goats are alive. Yay. In In Svartalfheim, we see the orphans, the war orphans, the dark elves have left behind. And Thor is there to give them his feast. Volstag is distraught by this. But apparently Thor had enough time to dip in, steal the feast, and dip out without anyone seeing him. 
and then everyone kind of comes to the realization he's not coming because he's got a job to do and he's busy he's busy being the king and odin gets this moment where he talks about like how proud he was of him and how what all the things that he's done the proudest thing and the thing that he hopes he's remembered for doing is siring thor and i just i love that him and freya are just so in love again Mm-hmm. and there's this moment where she's like come husband he's like where are we going she says away from this place for a while just you and i and i'm like oh shit they're going fuck <laughs> and odin doesn't get it he's like yeah. wait no wait but asgard's still being rebuilt and she's like yeah, yeah 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 we leave it in good hands get out of here and so they leave and jane as the new valkyrie gives this speech of course he didn't show a storm doesn't wait for a coronation before it decides to go be a storm. But trust your new Valkyrie, Asgardians. If we say this loud enough, he'll hear us wherever he's at. Here's to all Father Thor. Long may he thunder. Long may he thunder. As we see Old Man Thor and Jamie Tart Thor say their farewells. And do we get? I'm going to cry again. Um, <laughs> young Thor returns to his home, to his time, this to is the armory, home. where he sees Mjolnir. He knows. In his heart, he knows. He reaches for it. And then with a smile, he says, you can wait. I'm Dahl, ready the Bifrost, and tell Midgard to ready its wine and women unless a god's in need of smiting. For the mighty Thor has a life to live before he grows old. It's just... It's him realizing what it means to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And learning to appreciate the moment. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love that for that character. It's awesome. Like, if he never shows up again, that's okay by me. Because he does show up again. We've been reading him this whole time. Exactly! Yeah. He's made the progression. Meanwhile, in eons from now, untold eons from now, King Thor returns to his home. He says, congratulations, King Thor. Now you get to outlive everyone you've ever known. Every realm, every world you've ever saved. You'll be there to watch the final whimpering death of your entire universe and be unable to do anything about it. King Thor is the only one who has not gotten his peace, who has not made his change he says how does that sound oh mighty king when all of a sudden he struck ha yo you ain't got your peace but you're about to get pieces bitch pieces of this necro dick i'm gonna <laughs> fuck you up man sounds about right to me guess we'll see what happens next time king thor number one motherfuckers <laughs> as necro loki arrives to lay siege to king thor and that wraps up the war of the realms gentlemen we made it holy shit this has been a ride yeah gentlemen we've been been talking about a lot final thoughts on the event as a whole and what is your favorite part malcolm i'm gonna go to you first uh i love this event i think it's one of the events that actually works really well um it's wonderful, man. It's terrific. It's a lot of fun. And it's extreme and crazy and all over the place, and it's great. Uh, 
favorite favorite part i mean it's it's that in the land of the giants tie-in man it's it's my favorite single issue from the whole run it's it's great uh you know it's humor and it's fun and it's exciting and it hits you in the gut and then it's a big emotional punch it's wonderful it's a perfect example of what you could do with 30 pages of comic yeah totally agree jacob yeah, this is uh, this this book wars. It wars through all time <laughs> of existence in all the realms. I'll tell you that right now. Of just how good uh, uh, the the this plot and it, I'm not usually one for uh, the the Marvel cross events during like each year that happens because usually they're kind of like in poor taste and just are just all over the place and this one was well handled i'm really glad that jason uh, jason aaron had like the most input and like had been uh working on this you know since like he first got started it's just it's all there man this is a well thought out uh, event for including the rest of the marvel universe into like thor's world and everything like mm-hmm. that while also handling uh 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 time traveling events with 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 young thor and old thor and and uh, what's going on with a uh, certain certain uh, groups of avengers and in teams and stuff this is really well connected you know like this is right up there with like secret invasion and uh, and civil war you know in terms of like well this is a lot better than that just because of like how well constructed it is so do yourself a chance and favorite moment is honestly just yeah, uh, just a Howard the Duck moment. That's honestly it was. <laughs> just, it's a, it wasn't my favorite, but it was just funny seeing the lot of the realms just be done here. So yeah, yeah. Um, this this event absolutely drives. Uh, people talk about you know 2015's Marvel Secret Wars as possibly the best event that Marvel ever did. Um, I'm in that camp, but I think that just under that tier you find war of the realms mm-hmm. it is yeah. so it's a well-oiled machine all of the tie-ins sing uh whether they are required reading for the book or not and i just man i love this event it's so so good um one of my favorite because i'm going to talk about two favorite moments um one of my favorite moments was something we didn't even cover and it was in another tie-in. And if you didn't think I was going to talk about this, you, you're fucking insane. Um, Champions. Yeah. Have a mm. uh, tie-in for this book. This is the Miss Marvel, Nova, Miles Morales Champions. And there's a moment where they are in New York and they are fighting and they come across Uncanny X-Men Cyclops. Just back point, from the dead. Just back from the dead. His eye has yeah. been clawed out. Uh-huh. This is just prior to House of X powers of 10. Uh-huh. And he's <laughs> blasting and they're, they back up against each other, him and Miss Marvel. And Miss Marvel's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Hi, Cyclops. Oh my God. Um, you don't remember me, but like, you know, there was a past you because when the champions book started, the uh the 60s the original five were were still in our uh main main line main timeline and young cyclops was one of the founding members of the champions and i loved that book to death mark wade umberto ramos i fucking love that book 
And I was really sad to see it end. And Cyclops is, or that era of it anyway, and Cyclops leaving shortly before that saying, hey, we got to go back to our time. And so Miss Marvel's like, look, um, I know we don't really know each other. And then Cyclops, adult Cyclops says, of course I know who you are. We, you know, he and he rattles off all these things they did together. And he's like, mm-hmm. because we were champions. We were champions. And the look on Miss Marvel's face, she cries. The two of them embrace. I cried. I'm about to cry thinking about it. It was yeah. just a wonderful <laughs> payoff for that story. And yeah, I that's a terrific moment. Um, the rest of the tie-in doesn't really hold up to that moment. But for that moment, it's so good. But I already talked about it. My favorite moment of the whole thing is just the the young Thor stuff. Like, yeah. I love that shit to death. When you yeah. have someone who's fighting for worthiness finally achieve it and then become comfortable in it and know that it's meant for them, it, I fucking love it. I love it. I love it to death. Um, yeah, it's so good. It drives. It's fucking five out of five cars and lightning bolts for me. I fucking love yeah. this event so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, before we get to next week, we've got two pieces of emails, which means, Malcolm, what time is it? Mail time! (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be part of the Geeksplain Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Our first email comes from good brother Adam Stringfellow. Uh, hello adam who writes hey team hello oh hope y'all are doing well sorry it's been a minute work's been busy for me these past couple weeks no worries my dude you are all good i'm sorry work's been busy man i'm glad you're able to join us for this uh he says for this week i wanted to ask the three of y'all this if you could he always hits us with these questions uh if you could make your own avengers roster who would you put on it? Oh, no, for mine, don't do that. For mine, I'll go like this. I'm, I'm going to rattle off his roster to give you time to think about it, okay? So his leader is Black Panther. Uh, co-lead is Captain America Steve Rogers. He's got Iron Man, Jane Foster, Okoye, Black Widow Natasha Romanoff, Clint Barton Hawkeye, Peter Parker Spider-Man, Matt Murdock Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Shang-Chi, She-Hulk, and Wolverine Laura Kinney. He writes, for my team, I wanted to have the same feel and effect as Brian Michael Bendis's new Avengers run back in the early 2000s, and hopefully this team dynamic I included could still feel big time, while also being a bit more street level if need be as well. Would love to see to hear your thoughts on who y'all would put on your Avengers roster. I really dig this lineup. It, it honestly feels a closer to a Hickman lineup than the Bendis yeah. lineup. But I think that's really cool because having a big roster like that allows them to split off into different teams. Really, really dig that roster. Um, For my team, give you guys a second to think about it. Um, I would say um, Captain America Sam Wilson. I would have uh, Thor Jane Foster. uh, Daredevil Elektra. Shang-Chi. Um, let's do, uh, d- you know what? Actually, I'm going to throw boom, boom, uh, from the X-Men. Cause we've got to have a X-Men person on there. Um, nice. let's go with Amadeus Cho and 
Um, I'll I'll do uh, Clea, Clea Strange, who's the current Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, Malcolm. Nice. Or actually, Jacob, what's your roster? Um, I want to say, I want to say S- uh, Spider Man. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give uh, I'll give uh, Superior Spider Man. Uh, yes, bitch. Uh, I'll do Jay Foster. Oh. Uh, she Hulk. Uh, I also love the I. Who, uh, there needs to be a, an archer or something like that. Uh, uh, I like Kate Bishop. Let's do Kate Bishop. And then, uh, 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 oh, geez, uh, let's do, let's do, um, who did I, who was just thinking about? Oh, uh, uh, Ironheart. Uh, that would nice. be really kind of cool. And uh, all led by Howard the Duck. There we go. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I think that I, uh, really good. I changed my answer. I am, I am doing uh, Spear Spider-Man, adding to mine, because I fucking love that. I don't, I don't like Superior Spider-Man at all, but I will totally throw him into this roster just because of the way he worked with uh, everybody in the in this like um, in this tie-in. Basically, I was just saying, oh, okay, so this is how he works with like other people. Yeah, because he would uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, he would absolutely be like, I'm the leader of this team. Uh, Malcolm, what's your team? Uh, okay, so uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Oh, he wrote it down. Uh, nice. uh, Jane Foster Thor, Laura Wolverine, Jen Walter She-Hulk, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, and Iron Fist. Nice. Yeah, I, I honestly think all of these rosters slap. Uh, we don't have the sheer numbers that Adams does. <laughs> no. So we I like be overwhelmed very quickly. esque gigantic team. It's yeah. the end of the world, baby. So cool. <laughs> um, Adam also has a PS, as he often does. He writes, PS, what did y'all think of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer? I know for me personally, I was ugly sobbing throughout it all. And I know I'm going to be an emotional wreck when I see it on opening weekend in November same uh yeah this is uh yeah it's something i've watched three times every day since it came out same <laughs> i've watched it at least twice daily since that yeah. trailer dropped and i'm just like oh my god it's so good yeah i'm uh i'm particularly excited and yeah. really, i'm i'm still i am hesitant and nervous still there's i unfortunately i think this needs to do a lot of things for me yeah um and uh i i trust in coogler i think he's an unbelievable filmmaker um but yeah this this has a lot riding for me and i recognize that and it's not fair that it has a lot riding for me absolutely has to do a lot of things that serve a lot of masters i think it can do it but i am a little nervous still it's gotta be tough for sure um i yeah same i loved it i love the look of tana Huerta as namor hell yeah pitch perfect hell yeah it's those fucking eyebrows man he's got those namor eyebrows down oh boy he knows what he's Uh, doing it's gonna be awesome awesome. and he looks good in those little green shorts really really does looks real great fills those shorts well uh, our second email comes from our boy, Michael Cox. Always good to Mike. hear from Mike. 
Mike. Uh, he writes, hey, all. And this is actually funny. Uh, last week, there was a mini tangent on who should pick up the Black Man Panther mantle. While I absolutely agree it shouldn't be right due to her real life shenanigans delaying production, y'all missed the actual right answer. Angela Bassett. Marvel make Queen Ramonda the new Black Panther, you absolute cowards. I wait for the next pick in the book club, whether it's gonna going back to Earth 1610 or something completely different. I wish a doctor would. <laughs> I fucking wish a doctor would, man. That'd be sick. I'd oh, love that. Man. I just I just feel like Angela ain't gonna ain't gonna play with that. But yeah, she deserves it. That'd be awesome. One hundred percent. That would be I, awesome. I wouldn't mind if it passed between a couple people in the film before it like settled on who it's going to be. Yeah. That's one of the best things about uh uh what if for me. Yeah. Ooh strong kick-ass like queen of the door melange Hell <laughs> yeah. like fucking rocks like so yeah I'd, I'd be hip to that man it'd be real good for sure yeah. um <laughs> mike also sent a ps um <laughs> uh it said happy early birthday eric stop worrying about turning 30 i'm not that much older than you it's not the end of the world <laughs> yeah eric happy early birthday man mike's mike's been listening thank you sir mike's been listening to uh to the mainline podcast this week where i talked about my existential crisis you did turning 30 i've been there and that's uh that's going to coincide with next week's book club we are concluding the days of thunder on my birthday oh yeah the days of thunder are coming to an end yay so um next week we are wrapping up this whole thing. Um, I am very nervous about this, and Malcolm knows exactly why, because neither of us really enjoyed this when we were reading it month to month when we first read it. Yeah. However, with all of the past nine weeks, I have enough goodwill to get us through this. He's hoping. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be four issues, King Thor one through four. And the synopsis goes like this. One last ride with the almighty Lord of Asgard. Jason Aaron reunites with Asad Ribic to conclude the epic saga they began in Thor, God of Thunder. Seven years ago, Aaron and Ribic introduced the Thor of the far future, all father of a broken realm and a dying universe. As he stood in battle against Gore, the God Butcher of Worlds, wielder of All Black, the Necrosword. But now that nefarious blade has returned in the hands of Thor's all-time greatest enemy, his adopted brother, Loki. It's time for one final cataclysmic showdown, but even worse is still to come as the ultimate end of all things grows near. A who's who of Aaron's past Thor collaborators, along with a few surprise guests, stop by to bring down the curtain on a glorious era in thunderous style. So we're a little nervous about this. Jacob, I know that you are, uh, this is going to be a first time reading for you, so it's going to be very interesting, but this is... I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. And strangely, this kind I it gives me the same nervousness that I have about turning 30, so I guess it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> next week, the conclusion, part 10 of the Days of Thunder King Thor issues 1 through 4, be there or be square, not a circle. Uh, but for now, for the Geek Explain Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. War is over. 
Hey, that was easy. photograph.